Begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Star Raptor, joined as always by Milton and by Ben. This is our weekly Star Wars podcast, and this is episode number 66. So, we're going to execute Order 66 on this episode today, a special one. We're doing our commentary for The Empire Strikes Back as we've been going chronologically through Star Wars, including Solo and including the other spinoff of Rogue One. We are now in the midst of the original trilogy for what I like to say is my favorite Star Wars film, but it, it fluctuates. It's either this one or Return of the Jedi, if I'm being honest. Um, so yeah, we're going to get into it tonight. What have you guys been up to? Sorry with Milton. Uh, I've been good, man. You know, just, you know, doing the adult thing, working, staying out of trouble, working out, but, uh, you know, always... Good to be on the podcast talking to Star Wars. And, you know, we are doing the commentary tonight of Empire, which is my favorite Star Wars movie. I'm sure a lot of people will say that. But this movie is beyond beyond good. So I'm excited to get into it. Oh, yeah. I, I most a lot of a lot of fans. This is their favorite for for many reasons. The ambiance it presents the peril, the characters introduced, the characters that are tested to their full might. Uh, what about you, Ben? Can you agree with this being one of the best Star Wars movies? Yeah, I would say I would say this is a um, this is arguably one of, in my opinion, this is a top ten movie of all time. Yeah, I would say like if you if you look at overall movies, I would say um, like to me like you have like the Godfather's probably either one or two like top two three like I would say like Empire Strikes Back falls in that like five to ten range of top movies you know that it's it's in that part but i think it's top ten um so you know you have that precedent i would say it's easily you know a 10 out of 10 type movie like we'll obviously rate the movie by the end of it but um but for me like you mentioned chris it's like the story the characters introduced the big moments you know um the music all of the different um impacts like this movie had for in universe and out of universe because this was like the major sequel that hit and like it set the standard for sequels. So now when you have a sequel to a movie, it has to hit like now, like I would say, you know, the only other sequel that's had this big of an impact in history has been the dark Knight. Other than that, there really hasn't been a movie of either of these calibers to like hit like that big for, in terms of sequels. So, um, you know, in that regard, I would say this movie's a, a top 10 type movie all time. I would say personally, it's the best Star Wars movie of all time, but you know, um, some fans may 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 disagree with that, which is fine. And like, I think uh, you know, there's also like a thing to remember too. You know, you may have uh, favorites. Like, so for example, say if your favorite Star Wars movie is Revenge of the Sith, like that can be. You know, you can have a favorite movie, but like a different movie in the franchise, like Empire, could be a better movie all time like revenge of the sith isn't even top 50 all-time movies so like you know like they're they're um they can be ranked differently i would say so like for me empire is both the best star wars movie and a top 10 movie of all time but i could uh see where obviously people like like uh you know they have different tastes and you know that's totally fine but uh but yeah I, i'm i'm excited to watch this movie and i think we're gonna have a lot of fun with it oh yeah you said it best when you said this is what other movies like to be Right, you weigh a lot of Marvel films or a lot of DC films. You know, this is the Empire Strikes Back of the franchise. This is the sequel that's going to be really dark and yep. test the characters. So, yeah, I will say uh, not just for Star Wars, but this is a moment in pop culture in general. 
um, with reveals and everything else with the balance of the movie overall, the tone, the humor, but the stakes is just all there. It's, it's, a, it's a class act and it's a film that I think people study to try to emulate in a certain degree, right? Take some moments out of this because there's not a lot that's wrong with this movie, if I'm being honest. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, we'll definitely like dive into that. Like there's, there's really no flaws to this movie, I would say overall, like none, none to um, really note, but we'll obviously like get into that throughout, throughout the movie. But um, a quick thing as well, while, you know, while we're um, getting ready to, to watch this, like, how was your guys' like weekend Star Wars? Like, what do you, a- anything happened in your guys' week? Anything interesting? Anything you see on um, internet? Check out any new books? Any, you know, any new products? Anything along those lines? Yeah, yeah, I'll start off. I, I have quite a bit to say. Um, in fact, I should probably just save some of this for like another episode or something because I can go on and on and on. <laughs> But I will say for anybody, um, we are going to be watching this on Disney Plus. So as we kind of open up with our little icebreaker segment that we usually do, um, go ahead, you know, start the video of Empire and then drag the drag the icon all the way back down to the left, the little cursor. So you start off and we all start together. Um, so you can get that ready. We'll we'll be biding time until everybody's ready to listen um, and whatever. Because I mean, you don't have to watch the movie, as we always say. We like to add some dynamic conversation to. Uh, you know, just themes and different things that are happening in general. So we hope that this is a conversation that you can listen to and not feel like you have to watch the movie with us, obviously. Um, with that being said, it was it was a big week for uh, the miniature Star Wars community because uh, Tom Cranks Games, who produces and the the Star Wars Legion miniature game that I'm often showing you, um, had their like E3, if you will, um, if you're a video game fan of of the year. So they released like a bunch of new products and images and things, and finally, um. They've been. They're going to be releasing Mandalorian content. So, a lot of things we could expect. Uh, Mando himself, more you know, off of season one. You got Grogu, which is a really cool um, component to the game. Which apparently, like, if you kill Grogu, you can like use him for, if you're the Empire, and like you get some ability. So, it's a. It, it kind of is a cool little uh, mechanic where it's like, hey, you know, it mimics the game or it mimics the actual show. Like people are trying to capture Grogu and use his power. So you got that element. But then you also have the dark troopers, which are like literally tanks. So they are a heavy unit that like has multiple health and armor. Then you have Moff Gideon himself. Then you have the IG droids, both IG-88, IG-11, IG-88, or IG-11 can also carry... Grogu as companion as we see it at the end of season one uh, so just a lot of cool things like um, Ewoks are coming and there's going to be a battle force where the rebels can actually use an ATSD. so a lot of little fun uh, things like that it's still going on all weekend uh, they have the live streams on Twitch going uh, re- revealing some more things not only for that but for the Marvel game they have Marvel Crisis Protocol um, but other than that, I was very excited you know that was that was like my E3 for, for the miniature stuff I was watching um, but then we also have something that came in the mail a couple weeks ago. I just either forgot or just, you know, forgot to show you what I have here. Um, you guys are going to be happy with this one because um, as much as I am involved with canon, I am starting to branch out into Legends. And I got the recent released collection of the original Tales of the Jedi. Like, this is the stuff that people love nice. from the early 90s, Dark Horse. You got, you know, you got the characters of... Uh, Nomi Sunstrider and Exar Kun and uh, uh, Yulkel Dromo and 
and all those guys, all those guys are, are from that source material book. And then I went a, I went even further than that. I said, oh, what's the first like Legends book? I went and I bought uh, Dawn of the Jedi. Hold on one second. I got it here somewhere. There we go. Yeah, I got this one, uh, Dawn of the Jedi. I haven't bought a Legends book in a long, long time. Um, so this is actually, it's funny I mentioned this. Taiko Itidi, when they announced this movie, they showed this image of what looks like whatever this object is. So that's why people are concerned or theorizing, I should say, of like, Interesting. Ooh, are they going back to the beginning of the Jedi? As you see, this is a Jedi that doesn't even have a lightsaber. It's just a blade. Um, I mean, I've heard mixed, very mixed things about this book. I'm not expecting anything great. Um, but this is this book is supposed to tie into um, volume one of the book I showed you, which I just bought um, through eBay because it's been sold out. So, yeah, I'm, I'm branching in. You know, the, the way I like to look at, at Legends is... I like to read Legends material. It doesn't cross over stuff we already know in canon. Because then that's going to jumble up my mind too much, I feel like. So that's why it's hard for me to read the stuff like that takes place after Return of the Jedi. Because I'm like, I'm trying to keep stuff straight. And then it's going to... This stuff is so far in the past that we have nothing that comes close to it. So at least now I'm like, yeah, I can keep this timeline straight in my head. That's the way I, the, you know, kind of... Uh, the logic in my brain when it comes to reading the legend stuff. So this is literally, if you look in the timeline of Star Wars, this book in the front of the Star Wars timeline, which I will show you, ah, right here. This is the official Legends timeline. So I'm showing a lot of stuff. So if you guys want to go back and watch <laughs> this on YouTube, this would be like my plug for those of you that are listening. It's very visual right now. I'm showing the timeline of the Star Wars Legends. And this book, Dawn of the Jedi, is literally right there at the top. Um, I think there's a whole nother page. Yeah, there's a whole nother page of that's the legacy stuff and then um, the stuff with the Yuzan Vong and all that kind of thing, which I also have the first book of, by the way, Vector Prime. That's the one nice. legend book I own that I don't think I've read yet <laughs> just because like Force Awakens came out and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go off the alternate timeline right now because there's so much canon to read. Um, but if anybody else wants to take it away, I know I've kind of like took this entire segment over at this point right no uh i mean i know for me i mean me ties into the books i texted you guys earlier to this week um my best friend just wanted to know like he needed a complete list of canon books to read while he runs and works out so i i enlisted you guys' help to come up with a a list of what books he should read whether it's canon or or, or legends you know and I did send him the list with a couple add-ons, and I pretty much told him, I said, start with Darth Plagueis. It will set the tone yep. for the books you're reading. And he's like, okay, because he asked me, like, what's the difference from a novel and in a script book? I said, no, just go with the novel, read it, or listen to the audio book. You're fine. So he was able to get a good list. I know we talked about Lords of the Sith, Darth Plagueis. <laughs> um, what else you guys mentioned on that list? Um, uh, oh, I, I think I put... Bloodline. Um, I think Catalyst. I put the Darth, yeah, Catalyst. I think I put Darth Bane trilogy, Thrawn trilogy. Well, I think we put the new Thrawn trilogy on there, not the the old yep. one. Yeah. Um, yep. and I just gave him a whole list of stuff with with some of my favorites too. I said, you know, put, put Revenge of the Sith on there, uh, Dark Lord, Rise of Darth Vader. Put that on there too. You know, those are those are legends, but they're they're so good. Um, and actually, even yesterday. I went out with someone, went out on a date last night, stopped at my friend's house afterwards, 
and my one friend's like, he's like, he's like, Darth Plagueis should be canon. I'm like, yes, I know. Like we yeah. all know that book should be canon. You know, he's like, he's like, he's like, listen, it doesn't contradict nothing. I'm like, yes, I know. We all know that book should be canon. So like, <laughs> and he he's not like a hyper fan like I am. He's yep. still like he loves Star Wars, but he's not as hype as me. And he's saying the same thing. So. But again, just this ties into the books this week. So a lot of my friends are thinking like, hey, I need to like read something. What should I read? And, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, those are I mean, those are all really good choices. And, you know, I feel like those that's a it's a good variety of books like we recommended to him to like just get, you know, get your toes in the water of, of Star Wars reading. Because, um, you know, when it comes to books, if I feel like when it comes to books, especially in Star Wars, like if, you know, you'd recommend them something that's really like out there that they wouldn't like that may leave a bad taste in their mouth for all future star Wars books. Like, eh, why am I going to do this versus like getting him hooked? And they're like, Oh man, this is, this is so great. You know? Yeah. I want to, I want to mention the ones I mentioned and you, you and Ben, um, me and Ben, sorry. Um, yep. I'm scrolling all the way back, all the way back through the conversations we talk a lot throughout the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I, yeah, I know I put the Thrawn stuff there. What? Oh shoot! I got. I, I oh, I found right it. Oh, found I it? found no. it. Oh yeah. So, so uh, we said Brotherhood because yep. of Kenobi, and Brotherhood is is a fantastic book. It, it's up there in some of the best of canon. And that's saying a lot because it's quite good. And it, 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 if you're a fan of the Kenobi series, I feel like the book honestly does an even better job of like building up that that tragic fall between Anakin and, and Obi Wan because they get along so well in that book. Um, mm-hmm. Catalyst is a set, I would say it's basically essential reading. Um, one of the first books you should read because if you're a fan of Rogue One, you're going to get that character dynamic between Krennic. Mm-hmm. And Galen Erso, um, that we have many references to in the actual film. But if you want to go beyond the film, that's that's where you start. That's where Saul Guerrero is in that book, pretty prevalent in that book as well. You got Bloodlines, which is a big, big. Um, it's it's basically how Leia makes the resistance and how she first learns of the First Order and why she needs to make the resistance because there's another threat out there on the horizon. Uh, Shadow of the Sith. I, I I'm probably gonna have another conversation about this in, in the very near future. Um, on the show here as I bring um, some guests on over here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Shadows of the Sith, uh, absolutely essential if you want to enhance the sequel trilogy rewatches. It really fills in a lot of gaps and explains a lot of motivations of characters that were very somewhat murky. Um, and there's a couple ones I said. Uh, let's see. Uh, Resistance Reborn. I know it doesn't really figure into like the end game of what Rise of Skywalker was since like that script changed a lot. But, um, you know, Milton was asking for like the big picture stories, not so much like the smaller scale ones. And that one really does a big picture of like having Poe, Finn, Ray. So if you're a fan of like the sequels, definitely check that out. Leia Princess Balderon, fantastic, uh, you know, a growing of age, uh, story for Leia really like just shows you how she even finds out about the rebellion that her father Bale is being orchestrating on crate and everything like that. Dark Disciple, another great Clone Wars book. Brotherhood was in the Clone Wars era. Dark Disciple is monumental because it actually like talks about the fates of certain characters. Um, so if you want to know about Quinlan Voss, if you want to know about Asaz Ventress in a um, what is it, an arc of the Clone Wars that never actually got filmed, it's literally scripts that were written by the daughter of George Lucas, I think Katie Lucas, and they were yep. adapted by. Christy Golden, who also wrote the Battlefront books. 
Um, which I recommend, but I know this guy didn't. Uh, this guy asked for like nothing about the soldiers per se, so I was like, I'll leave those out. But I still like those a lot. And Lords of the Sith is just like the ultimate like Sith book. I mean, it's just Vader and, and Emperor trapped on a planet and having to get off that planet where they have everybody that's trying to kill them. So it's really like a survivor story, but also just like it shows like the full brunt of the dark side, and it shows you like how Vader is like acting with his master side by side in combat. So that one is is really fun too. So those are just a few, and those are the ones I named off the top of my head. I know I'm probably like missing quite a few, but I think you'll be I... fine with starting with those for sure. Oh yeah, I think I think those are a really good starting point. Um, and you know, it's just a good like I said, to like get people's toes in the water on it and like just uh, just to uh, get a little bit introduced into it. And then um, I would say like for me, uh, just before we get started uh, on Empire, I would say for me, like my main thing for this week, for my week in Star Wars, had to have been, uh, you know, I'll do a, a quick little movie review. So there was, this week there was a fan edit of the Kenobi show. And I'm sure plenty of you... Um, if you're listening or watching this, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of Star Wars fans, if you're on social media, you, you'll seen it have gone around. And uh, this guy basically went and edited down the Kenobi show basically to what, you know, he presumed would look more like a cinematic movie versus a series. And he cut it down from about three and a half hours or so down to about 2.30. And I can say, honestly, objectively, like, to me, it made the show... It went. It took my my feelings and view on the show from like about an eight point five to like an eight point eight or, or an eight point nine, like because you cut out mm. a lot of the you cut out a lot of the fluff. He added it. He he switched some scenes around. So like some of the scenes with Nari, you know, the Jedi in the beginning, it made a little bit more sense. Like he moved them around a little bit. He um he added like the actual different um you know music from star wars versus like the music we had in the show like he added in different beats from like the prequel music some from the original trilogy with obi-wan etc like he added in those type of things he actually added in some dialogue so like in the fight with vader and kenobi um and you'll probably love this one milton in the fight with vader and kenobi so like when um you know uh vader's talking to him and you know when kenobi's like staring at him and contemplating you hear Qui-Gon's voice in the fight, uh, basically, and he says, remember, he's the chosen one, uh, you know, so, like, you know, you have Qui-Gon's voice in the fight, like, you, he added, like, little, just little things like that that enhanced it, and then, like, even, um, uh, like, when Vader was staring at the fire um, in, like, the third episode, you hear a stormtrooper, like, in the background, like, you know, saying, like, Lord Vader, what should we do, blah, blah, blah. Like, you hear Stormtrooper audio, like, in the background. So, like, you know, it's instead of Vader just blankly staring at the at the screen. So, like, you know, he added in just little little things like that that enhanced the show and just cut down on a lot of the things. Like, even um the part with, like, the Red Hot Chili Peppers guy, like, mm -hmm. when Leia's running through the forest, like, it's instead of, like, a long extended her running through the forest, like, it shows her running a little bit, and then it, like, cuts basically to him basically, like, nabbing her versus you know us getting that whole extended sequence playing out so you know you have different things like that to me that bumped it just a little bit like of course you know there's obviously like you know he's still an amateur editor editor so it's not like it's like perfectly there's still s certain things to it um but still like to me it made the viewing experience better viewing it as a straight up movie over a uh a series but 
you know, just to uh, keep in mind for any of our like viewers or listeners, like, you know, when you look into it, um, it is a copyrighted movie. So, you know, like, just be careful on how you're viewing it and stuff just because, you know, it's it's copyrighted. But overall, like I would say for me, it uh, yeah, it was definitely it was it definitely enhanced the series quite a bit just just from those little tidbits and stuff and uh yeah it was it was worth the watch if you see it floating around on social media yeah that's cool yeah i was seeing a lot of that i didn't get a chance to watch it but it, you know it's neat that somebody oh. took it into their hands to add a lot of the things they just didn't cut it like yeah. to actually add the work of adding dialogue cut yeah, like music that's they went above and beyond and that didn't take very long i mean the series has not been yeah. out for too many weeks at this point yeah, if if you look up the user on Twitter, his name's Kai Patterson, K A I Patterson. But um, but ironically, we're on, we're on episode order sixty six of the podcast. He got a uh, he got sixty six to buy by Disney. So you know uh, that that the copy of Kenobi got taken down. But like I said, it, it still may be floating around there on social media somewhere. All right, so that's cool. I'm, I feel like we could probably talk about that in the future because there is a lot more to say about Kenobi, especially like you know edits and different things like that oh yeah we'll we'll get we'll get into that in a future episode when we have uh, more time heck yeah so with that being said we're going to start our stream our little watch party for the empire strikes back as i mentioned off the top you can go ahead and turn on your disney plus or dvd whatever the heck you feel like watching it on your phone whatever uh so we're gonna start are you guys ready yeah you guys have it pulled up okay what about you ben you ready yep okay so we're gonna count down and we'll yep all right, we're going to go three, two, one. Here we go. I'm, I'm curious if the Avatar film will have the 20th anniversary Fox fanfare in the front. I hope it does. I hope it does. Because is it still technically Fox, like Searchlight Studios or something they still have under Disney? Uh, from my knowledge, yes. That's why they, That's why they haven't put all the Fox stuff on Disney Plus yet. Uh, from what I, like I think I think they're still figuring out how to do it. All right, how, how you know how they're how they're going to organize it? Okay. Here we go. It's it's funny with this movie. Um, like for me, even though you can get on Disney Plus and watch it anytime you want, like if I'm just scrolling through, you know, we have Sling TV. If I'm scrolling through and I see Empire Strikes Back on, I'll stop and watch it for a little bit, even though, you know, you can just stream it because it's just so dang good, honestly. It's very rewatchable. You know you know how I feel about that. If it's rewatchable, you know it's a good film. Oh, for sure. That's, that's one of the biggest parts about, you know, you can tell how good a lot of these movies are just based on rewatchability. Yeah. This is definitely a, a a strong opening crawl for sure. Just it just sets the tone for what the movie's going to be. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I oh yeah, for sure. Like for me, I think this is one of the stronger opening crawls. I I still think Revenge of the Sith is probably the best one. Mm-hmm. But this More. is this is probably like top. Yep, this one's top three or top four. Like I think I think I think it's right up there. Yeah, I like how the, the the beginning is so mysterious. Even that music. Just panning down. Yep. I just like the looks of the Star Destroyer so much better in, in Empire, right? Like they mm. there's something about them that just feel like they're more imposing than we've seen in 
A New Hope? Well, I mean, the, the technology at this point got significantly better. You know, I mean, the film stock for this movie looks so much clearer. Like, this yeah. looks like budget. a film that could have been made. Well, yeah, the budget. But then, like, just the way they improved their tech of ILM. And obviously, they got the documentary coming out, what, in two weeks. So we'll probably see some of this. But seeing how this is shot, the film stock, you know, the way they shot the the FX, you know, the, the Star Destroyers look so much significant. Like, it's... You can definitely tell, like, George and his team pushed the envelope for this movie. Oh, yeah. Gosh, what I what I would give for George Lucas to do, like, a director's commentary of the false oh. episodes one through six. Like, that... Man, that would be amazing. Well, I think there... I think there are versions out there where he does commentaries on the films. Oh, really? See, I haven't even... Because I, I have, I have the... Um, I bought the Blu-rays back in, like, 2012 when they came back out, or 2011... So like mm-hmm. I know that I know there's a commentary on all those which are fire. Mm-hmm. And obviously we get our he- our hero shot of Luke here. Oh no, no, that uh, Tom Tom. Yeah, like immediately, like it's a completely different environment, right? Just snow, just tundra. You got these creatures. Right. You got the stop, stop action. What is it called? That kind of animation where they do with the Tontons? It's like yeah, it's like this uh, stop action or something, kind of like the claymation type thing where, yeah, because yeah, they they do them with the ATATs too. Mm-hmm. Ah, you right. call them ATATs? Oh. The ADATs, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I was I'm ATAT. ATAT, they're all the same thing. All they do is wreck shit. So that's that's all I care about. Yeah. Um, I think. I, no, I think go ahead, one go ahead, of the man. best parts, oh. uh, like with them opening this way. Man, that always got me. I, um, yep. you know, it just set, it just sets the mystery of like, why are we at this? You know, like, what's so significant about Hoth, et cetera? Sure, we had the crawl, but you know, it's like, man, why, why choose a snow planet? Yeah. Well, this, this just goes to show that the the rebellion's in desperation. The the, the rebellion is on his last hope. You know, because um, right now you clearly see that yeah, they they want to blown up the Death Star, but the Empire is significantly more equipped. And well financed compared to the rebellion, you know, they they were able to bounce back quick compared to what the rebellion is. Right now, they're in desperate times. Yeah, I, think I love did... Han Solo in this movie. Go go ahead, uh, Chris. Yeah, I've said I think they did a pretty good job, like with the, with the comics, um, bringing us to the the Hoth base and explaining mm-hmm. like, you know, it's the the one place that they wouldn't figure out, and it had something to right. do with Doctor Afra. Doctor Afra like tricked Darth Vader. To, to like buy them more oh, time nice. and stuff like that. Yeah. I want that jacket so bad that he's wearing right now. Like I've been, I've been looking for that for a while. <laughs> that, that that is oh, yeah. such a dope jacket. I've seen quite a few of those Hans running around celebration. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> Gosh, I want the jackets. The the big, like, just digital screens that we don't even have even in our reality yet. Like, it would be yeah. so sweet to have, like, those big just digital screens like that. I remember one of my friends being mad that Han Solo wanted to leave. And I'm like, dude, he's been on the run for three years at this point. Like, he has mm-hmm. to go. He knows he has to go pay back job at this point. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. You can definitely see they got that dynamic going on. I mean, you, you knew they were going to be in love. You can just tell by the scene, like, they were going to feel each other heavy. Like, Leia, Leia's all about the bad boys. Just like just like her mother. 
Oh, that throwaway line, you know, the bounty hunter at Ord Mantell. We never got the story about that. I feel like, you know, Star Wars, like the origins of Yoda. We don't know the species of Yoda. I feel like we might not ever get the story about the bounty hunter and Ord Mantell. It's just one of those mysteries. Oh, they don't even have that in, like, current canon either? Nope. Unless, like, one wow, day they make so... a miniseries about it or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Hey, there's Alden's role. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have him do that. <laughs> That guy just stops in the middle of the hallway and people are just, like, going around him. Like, it's, yeah. so, it's so grounded. Like, it's just, like, it feels natural, right? Like, they're just having, like, an argument anybody else would have, right? But it's, it's probably because they do it all the time. Like, I mean, that's why they're they're probably into each other. They do it all the time. You know what it's like when you like somebody, you, you tend to be a little more mean and you flirt with them in your own way. So, yeah, it's it makes sense. I, mm -hmm. I just love how Han Solo is in this movie. Such an asshole to 3PO. But it deserves because 3PO is a jerk. Uh, like 3, yep. 3PO is that, is, is that annoying friend that don't want to take any responsibility for being a jerk. <laughs> it's the truth. Oh, we all have them, though. Yeah. All 3P, 3PO does is complain in this movie. He's scared. He don't want to do anything. I'm like, all right, 3PO, what the hell, dude? <laughs> But he, he he actually I enjoy him in this movie a lot though I don't know why but he's he's very enjoyable. Oh yeah, Hans, Hans. I think this is um this is really close between this this movie and Return of the Jedi for his best performance. Mm. The crazy thing about this movie is like you know we've mentioned it when you're watching through the prequels and the other movies. You know, you can always tell when a movie's so good because, like, commentators, whether it be our channel or other channels, like, you know, they're they're quiet during these movies. Like, mm. like guys, realistically, like, we could sit here. Obviously, we're not because it's, it's a podcast and a YouTube show. But we could sit here the next two and a half hours and just watch this movie without saying anything because it's so good. Like, Facts. I mean, it's a given. Like, because you just get sucked in. Like, it, this movie's that good. You know, and I remember when I was a kid. Like, and being in the pool trying to mimic this scene. You know, you put your feet up on the diving board or whatever, trying to be a Jedi. Yeah, fire. Like, yep. this is why I wanted to be a Jedi. Because it's stuff like this. Now, what was cool about this scene, for what I was looking at all, like, you know, the behind the scenes, this wasn't in the original cut. Like, this was in the special editions version. This is the canon version now, obviously. But I'm yep. glad that we got, like, it's scenes like this that I think improve the movie. I know people complain, oh, we want the original cut, blah, blah, blah. No. This makes the movie better, you know. Oh yeah. Well, well, the original version was just the arm, right? Just the arm, yeah. Because they they didn't yeah, have yeah. the money okay. to do a full Wampa, um, and they didn't yeah. have the time, so they decided just to do like uh, it's kind of like they shot it like Jaws, you know, where they kind of yeah. showed him, but they didn't, and then him just getting in touch with the Force here. I just, ugh. again, I used to mimic this all the time, all the time. Oh yes, yeah. same here, Milton. Like either yeah. if it wasn't in the pool. It was like in, in the winter time as a kid in the snow, setting Dude. my toy lightsaber in the snow. I mean, yeah. you know, right? I mean, it's just fire. Like, and then just love it. Oh, now I always thought he could have cut his foot up. Like, I was like, okay, Luke, you probably should have sliced your foot off. All right, you. Yeah, you that was... However, yeah, that... I ain't complaining. Close call. Yeah. But nah, because they they shot this what outside of like their hotel room because it was so bad like the snow in Norway, 
I, I read something like that or I saw something online where yep. they did shoot a lot of these scenes outside of the hotel room in Norway because it was just that bad of snow. Yeah, yeah, it was a really bad snowstorm because I remember seeing the um, like the different pictures from it and everything. Um, actually, you know, dude, look how good that that Tauntaun looks. I mean, just for this being nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty, of them making this film, like, it's 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 yeah. insane. You know, and this movie looks well, like this should have been shot in our world, like it, not in our world, but in our time of making films. Like this, is how good this movie looks. Well, think about it. Like, these props and things, you know, this movie was getting shot in 79, but all these props and costumes were made in probably set late 78. Like, oh, yeah. You know, it's it's wild to think about, like, how good right. it looks. And and the thing is, like you mentioned, there's certain edits and things in this movie, you know, that improved it even better than what it is. But right. the thing is, you could you could scrap those edits and still the movie would be just as good. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I was muted, so I tried talking about five times, and that's why nobody responded. Oh, <laughs> but, but oh, the Wampa scene, man! I I love the special editions because they add all these like little elements. Like yep. it, it shows yep. you the monstrosity that is the the Wampa, and you know I've been to many comic cons, and you stand next to like the replica Wampas that they have on display, and it's frightening. Those things are freaking terrifying, but it shows you like. George wanted to show them more imposing, so he added one in, like a full suit later on, right? Um, seeing Luke coming to have so much development in the last three years uh, since A New Hope to have ga gathered force, the ability to call on the yeah. force now at his own will, rather weakly, but he's still able to pull it off. And as you see, like he has so much more to learn, so that telegraphs on like, the future of him in this movie with Yoda. Right. Oh, well, and, and Luke, sure. and Luke, yeah, for sure. And Luke, you can tell, like, just because the movie, the movie kind of tells you without telling you, Luke went through some stuff in those three years mm -hmm. of of post uh, New Hope. And I obviously I know the comics touch on that, from my understanding, right? They they go a little bit about his journey through those three years a little bit when as, yeah. as he's a commander now. But like, because I know in the radio drama, um, he becomes. In the radio drama, if you if I remember correctly, they start the the the, the drama off where like a, a dog fight where the one commander of like rogue flight winds up getting like torn to pieces by the Empire. So that's how Luke gets promoted to like the commander of like rogue flight in this movie. So it's just oh. it's just things that I wish yeah, it's it's so dope. That's why if you listen to the radio drama, it adds so much more to this movie. You're like, Okay, this makes sense. Oh, but yeah, this scene right here. Oh, I was going to say real quick before we get too far past the um the Wampa stuff, fun a fun thing for anybody that's played Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. Um, if you if you ever somehow go back and play that game on sixty four, um, or if they actually just release it somehow on on all of our current consoles, um, one Easter egg with the Wampas back then, you could be you could be inside the um, Echo Base, and you could you could let Wampas loose out of their cages because mm -hmm. there's like I don't know. 10, or 10 of them probably, 5 or 10 of them, you could let them out, and they'll go and take out all of the stormtroopers for you throughout, like, the entire level. Like, all of a sudden, you know, you'll you'll be... Yeah. It's hilarious, because the Wampas, like, almost track your character, like Dash. They track you through the whole level, so if you just stand there, like, in a hangar, you'll eventually start hearing the Wampas growl, and they'll come right around the corner, and, you know, they'll be following you through the whole level, so you can literally, like, just let the Wampas um, follow you. So that was, like, one of the fun, like, 
connections when they added the WAP in this movie, it was like, oh, that connects even more to like Shadows of the Empire back then. Oh my yeah. gosh, I gotta play that again soon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we definitely oh, gotta man. touch on the, the the Ben Kenobi scene, but this see oh, yeah. this this part right here, my friends always tell me they hate eating tater tots because of them cutting open the the tauntaun here. It looks like it looks like tater tots when it comes out. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. That, that did as a kid. As that a kid, doesn't that, look yeah, like tater tots. Like oh, like the inside. Looks like worms. The, the inside. It looks of like tater inside tots. of tater tots. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm just like. As a, as a younger kid watching this, so you know when I first saw this, when I first saw these movies, it was I was about six years old or so, six seven years old. I remember very, very vividly, like going to school and they had tater tots and I wouldn't eat them because I was like, man, that is disgusting. Like, that looks like the inside of a tauntaun. Like, I 100% still, still, did hey, not eat tater tots for a long time. Still pretty damn good with some ketchup. I'm, 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 oh, I'm yeah. going to hate. So, what was <laughs> the like, Yeah, but we'll get to Kenobi in a minute. But with Rogue One, or not Rogue One, with the radio dramas, I'm going to reference that a couple times because they extend this scene whenever Han saves Luke. And they and he they build the uh, the camp, and Luke and him are going back and forth and like bantering. So that's cool. But as for the Ben Kenobi stuff, what's nice about this film that again they don't tell you, but they tell you. Luke becomes so much more in tune with the Force because he can now somewhat visually see Ben Kenobi. Yeah, I don't know if that's you a know? representation more of like Ben somehow learning how to do that, right. or if it's him. But yeah, I I, I get it. Yep. Yeah, because I, I mean, I look at that as like, I mean, that's open to your interpretation, which is what's nice about this film, because it, maybe that is Ben being more in tune with like his power of like post or of the afterlife. But remember, Luke just heard him a couple times in New Hope because Luke was just starting to become sensitive to the force. Now he's been training, quote unquote, for three years or being more engaged with the force. He's now able to see him and talk to him through the force, which is dope. And then obviously in Return of the Jedi he's able to now see Ben Kenobi physically touch things, you know, in the force and sit next to him and talk to him. So to me, I looked at it as, as Luke's power was growing in the force and just be able to communicate more with those guys within the living force. Yeah. I want to give a quick shout out to the music. That's one of my favorite star Wars tracks. I just yeah. played when um, rogue two is flying his airspeeder and he's, he's, he's going through in the daytime and he's, I love just the spectacle of watching the special mm. effects. It looks so good. First, pers- per- first person view of the cockpit to outside showing the other airspeeders. It's just, damn, does it look good. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's good music, too. And what's nice about this scene, too, like, his face was actually shattered, like, at this point. If you guys oh. know about you know about that story, Luke's face getting cut yeah. up, or Mark Hamill's, I mean. He got into a bad car accident, like, around the time of filming this movie. So they, they wrote that into the film to show, like, he got cut up. And then I think George Lucas like paid for like his plastic surgery because he looks completely different later in the film. So that's oh, why. Oh yeah, he, he definitely looks different. Yeah. So he well, got into a bad car accident. Yeah. Here's the thing: when they film a movie, like they don't usually do it like chronologically. Like they could film mm-hmm. certain scenes out of out of the way. So who, for all right. we know, this could have been one of the final scenes they shot. I don't know. Could have been, but I actually did. This is confirmed because I actually did uh. look into this too because I didn't believe it because I was like. When did he get into a bad car accident? And they said like he was, it was like late in the in um, like mid production. Oh. They decided to like reshoot some of the stuff just to say like, oh, this is why he his face yep. is all jacked up. And and, and they, you're right. I think they might have shot it out of sequence too, just to show it later. 
But yeah, and obviously, you know, we didn't know that they were brother and sister. Spoilers, you know, with that <laughs> kiss. Um, yeah. <laughs> Love Hans. Hans in that. Hans, a great Wait, this movie. Was that a back the chamber that had like red goo in it? I think so. Dude, see, every I watched yeah. this movie like fifty times, and I'm still noticing new things. That definitely uh, looked red. I have to look that up on Wikipedia. What does like red back the? What is that called? <laughs> her, her ba- he's bathing in tauntaun blood. Guilty, <laughs> uh, funny. Mm, yeah, Han Solo is a badass dude. He he, God, he's such. A, he, he's the best. Like he he's by far like I mean besides loving Luke and Anakin and Obi Wan like. He he's probably in my top four Star Wars characters without question. Here, well, Harrison Ford just—he is Han Solo. Yeah, like he's cool, dude. I always look like how True looks in a scene. It looks like he's like a skull with like the way that the mm-hmm. snow is on his face. Right. <laughs> well, the the cool thing with this version of Chewie, um, as a kid, I actually had you know just the normal like the. The little uh, figures of him, and mm-hmm. his fur literally was almost like all white. You know, like, like you said, it looks it looks like a skull. Like his the whole front side of that chewy figure, um, like his whole face, like you said, it looks like a skull. It's all white, white fur, white arms, like white legs, white um, the whatever the cross, you know, the belt thing on him is, like all that stuff. It's literally you know, so it's like realistic, like he's covered in the snow, and it's it's one of the coolest figures I had. And this is the might of the Empire in all its glory, because it's the first time we hear the Imperial March, and just seeing the Imperial fleet, like, and it being dwarfed by this gigantic Executor-class Star Destroyer, it's just, it's, wow, you know. They may have destroyed the Death Star, but they are a lot more of them out there. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's probably, like... I would say thousands of people on those things. Oh, there are definitely. Like, canonically, there are literally thousands of people that work on these. Well, what we're like 21 minutes in this movie and we first see Darth Vader. Like, it's crazy how, like, you know, it, it's a quarter of the movie in and we didn't see our villain. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, we've been they've been building and building to it, you know, so... Mm. And I think, arguably, I think this movie specifically has the best looking Vader, best shot, best, yeah, um, best just without question. I, I don't know the way the way the helmet is, even compared to like Rogue One or what we saw in Kenobi, like definitely what we saw in Kenobi or Return of the Jedi, like all those variants. Like I think I think Empire Strikes Back is the best looking Vader, like just visually. Oh, yeah, without I mean, question, he's hulking in this one, dude. Mm-hmm. Hulking. He, he I think, I think he might be on some gas, dude. He, he might be on some steroids in this one because he's big. Oh yeah. Yeah. When I, he, just, I uh, mean, you know, back then, you know, back then, Milton, like David Krause, the guy that played him, like he was, he was literally a bodybuilder back oh, then. Oh yeah, he was huge. Like in like the in like the fifties or sixties, like he was right. he was a big guy. Right. I um I I've been was texting my friend who was watching part of this because she hasn't seen the movies yet, 
And I told her, I said, don't watch this episode tonight because I don't want you to get spoiled. No, because I'm going to watch these movies with her because she promised to watch one of the trilogies with me. And she's probably mad because I'm saying this right now on the show, but I don't care. But, um, yeah, I don't want her to watch these because um, she I need to watch her watch these. That's how good these movies are. So, yeah, man, just stop watching. Yeah. One, one of the best reactions, my uh, my cousin and his girlfriend are, are going through these all these movies as well. They just started on A New Hope, and they actually just watched Empire a couple days ago. And, you know, she's never seen him before, and it's hilarious. I thought, well, she has a rude awakening when Return of the Jedi comes. She's like, man, uh, that Luke and Leia is going to be a cute couple. And I'm like, well. Yep. Oh, yeah. my like God. Said, just keep, the next keep it movie. there to the next movie. Yep. Listen, man, this part right here, what's nice about the radio dramas, again, I'm going to keep referencing these these all the time because it goes more in depth. This right here, Darth Vader is annoyed as hell with Admiral Ozzel because he gets too close to the system, which then triggers the rebels that they're there. And, like, legit, I love how he just hates that guy. and He just just feel (laughs) it and hear it in the radio drama. He's like, okay, he's like, I'm going to just wreck, oh, boy, it's over for him. Um, and I think Chris, even go back to our friendship, how we became friends. This is one of my early videos on YouTube when I said like the top ten deaths. I remember you commenting on this video that I did. Cause I think I talked about Admiral <laughs> Ozzel like being just wrecked or something, and it was just amazing. <laughs> yeah, the fact that Vader could just use the Force through space. Yeah. I mean, actually, no. This is the same ship, isn't it? It's the same ship. Yeah. 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 He's but doing still. it through like you know uh, to the speaker. The freaky part about that is, though, is think about it. Even if even if he didn't have him on screen, he could just force choke him across the ship, like without yeah. even looking at him. Like he could be sitting in your office, and well, I'm done. Yeah, facts. Now, see, this is what's nice about what we just watched with the Obi Wan show, seeing little Leia, you know, and how she was being groomed just to be like a leader. You see it right here. Like this mm-hmm. is how we know. Her character makes sense and how she's become a leader of men oh, and women, just overall an overall leader in general. And obviously this reflects in the sequel trilogy um, as General Organa. Um, yeah, I, I just love how they, they keep the characters consistent. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I love this this setup out here outside. Yeah, it's just the buildup is really good on this. You just see all the troops waiting. And the scale. Like you, or like you know what's coming, or well, I guess we didn't know what's coming initially. Uh huh. And you're seeing the whole process of like they're trying to hold them off as the other guys are getting away. Then they have a whole plan with the ion cannon to see the rebels can actually stand up to the empire. You know they're scrappy. They don't have as many units, but they sure as heck have tactics and a lot of decent weapons. Yeah, I like it. I love it. It's, it starts off good. Like, hey, you know, they might actually be able to pull this off. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, that was not bad, was it? It only goes downhill from here. Right. Now, so this you see some of the maturity from Luke. You know, the pilot was a Dak used to be like early Luke of being, oh, we're excited. Let's go out there and wreck some people. And Luke now is like, eh, yeah, I've been there before. Let's just like get through the day. You yeah. know, like stops. Yeah, stop, stop being too hopeful. Let's just actually yeah, like, fa- keep our shit together. Fa- family Guy spoofed that so good. Because, like, literally, um, 
that's the part they're you know they're going through that scene luke and dak are talking and he's like hey guys dak wants to take on the empire all by himself they're all like woo and he goes out into space and he's like hey empire take on dak and then just like blows him up yep so for everybody watching uh do you guys have a timestamp? because for whatever reason disney plus is acting up and i don't know exactly what time we're at I'm at 26, 22, 23, yep. 24. I'm All at right, five. so we yep. have just 26, showed up. 24. Dad ads literally have just started firing. The snow speeders are on their way. So for those of you that are getting a general idea of where you are, where we are, if you want to tune on in or Empire Strikes Back, it's where the fun begins. Yep. 20, 2647 is what I'm on. There you go again with the John Williams score, just kicking ass, man. Dude, it's fire. So good. This Empire like, score is so good. There's been so many times in video games you play through this. The most recent yeah. of which is Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga, which is, is a lot of fun. I think one of the earliest games was probably Super Star Wars, I want to say. Yep, yep. You got you got Super Star Wars. You got um, Shadow of the Empire. Yep, Super Empire. Super Return um, of the Jedi. Which I, I beat all three. Fire. Yeah, hard hard games. That's for sure, though. For sure. Um, you got. Yeah, I if mean, you beat all those the, games, every, you deserve a medal, man. That's a freaking hard. Oh yeah, and now I guarantee you, if I, because I still have a Super Nintendo, I don't know if I have those games upstairs. I, I don't think I do. If I try to play them now, I would struggle because I'd have to like learn how to replay and just like take my time. But those games were tough for sure. Worst part is you had no save files, so you had to restart the game right. every time you played. Unless you had like a cheat yeah. code or <laughs> something, I think it was. That's the thing. So I remember when I beat it the first time by myself without the cheat codes. I went in and like looked for the cheat codes again. This is like what early two thousands, like two thousand one, two thousand two. Uh, it was just ugh, bro, hard. Oh yeah. Yeah, the stop. Yeah, uh, stop motion animation is awesome. With the mm -hmm. AT uh, at and all. Oh, for sure. Like the stop motion, and that—that's the crazy thing. Like, like you mentioned, um, to start the movie, Milton. Like this movie, you could put it in today's time, and it'd be fought just fine. Like, I mean, yeah, you know, it looks great. Like, it's, it's amazing. It, it's shot just beautifully. Like, it's more cleaner compared to New Hope. Um, and obviously, New Hope's been significantly improved, obviously. But you put this in a in a in a surround sound 4K theater it's it's just as good like it's fire well, like actually i would love to see i've never seen these original trilogies in theaters like that that'd be oh that'd be new that'd be a new experience for me here's here's the fun thing about that so actually a couple years ago um during the pan height of the pandemic me and me and my cousin went to so um our local theater to like help sustain you know it's it's income and unfortunately it um it closed a couple weeks ago which stinks oh. but yeah, I was gonna say I was I was really sad about that, but they um, but to you know to try to keep sustainability, what they did to market through the, through the entire thing was every weekend they just did classic movie weekends. Like one weekend was like movies from the seventies, one movie you know et cetera et cetera, and then like they did after they did that, they went through and did the different trilogies of movies. So they did like the prequel trilogy, they oh. did the sequels, they did the original trilogy. Like so, me and my cousin saw these the original trilogy in theaters, and like. Seeing Empire Strikes Back in the theaters, it's crazy. So, like, when we went there, there was, like, 20 people there on a Friday night, which is, like, you know, for being a, a small town, 
you know, our town only has like a population of like 9,000. So it's not like it's like a big town. But for a small town theater, considering everybody has Disney Plus during the pandemic, like there was 20 people in that theater. Like it was surprising, but it was really cool because it's like, man, these people love Star Wars just as much as us. And, you know, we're watching Empire Strikes Back, like the best movie ever. And it's like, it's like, this is awesome. And it was incredible seeing it in theaters. Like I was about tearing up because it was so awesome. I was like, man, this is this is amazing. Yeah, I, I would love to. Like, I I would hope that if we if I had the opportunity, I I would see this in theater for sure. Like, I I know I've seen this eight hundred times, but just to see in a different you know medium yep. would be just dope. Yeah. See, so yep. what's nice about this movie too is the urgency of it. Like, everything's urgent. Especially again, we're only what thirty some minutes in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hoth, like legit, Hoth is a quarter of this film and. There's so much urgency in this movie. Just seeing when, stakes. yeah, exactly. And Han Solo and Chewie going back and forth. This one goes there. That one goes there. Like he's like, we gotta get out of here. I love that urgency. How he's portraying that character, knowing that we gotta go. I like how they switch up the um, status quo by having the big war battle scene in the very beginning of the yeah. movie. Right. So much mm-hmm. it's like a build up at the end, but they're like, nope, we're gonna start this one <coughs> up front. Yeah. But it's just like what I mentioned before, though, Chris, like the, the movie tells you, but they really don't tell you the the rebellion really isn't doing well. Like they're very desperate, you know, like the, the Empire wrecked everything that they thought they had together. And again, the Empire took a huge blow by losing their Death Star, you know, and it's like, wait a minute, you now had still enough forces to recover, to come track us down, destroy our base and make us scatter like. That just goes to show you that the rebellion really isn't where they need to be yet. Yeah, I'm watching this with subtitles, I think, for the first time. So there's like mm-hmm. some dialogue that I just don't even remember that's just happening. Because yeah. <laughs> everything is yeah. so quick. Well, like, me... like faster and more intense, you know, George Lucas always would direct with. Yep. Wow. And this one thing, one massive thing that has to be noted about this movie. So ever since basically 1980 on, this movie has forever made when you when no matter where you are in the world, if you have a blizzard, you look outside and say it's like Hoth today. Yep. No matter yeah, what. Like, Wow. There goes a little ATST. Yep. Yeah, it was There's... cool they had the ATST in there just because, you know, we didn't even have one in the um the first movie. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's crazy because like the rebels don't have any kind of defensive capabilities of holding them back. The only thing they could do is just wrap their legs around, but it's just like blasters are doing nothing, even if they're bigger blasters. I wish we would have got more General Veers, though. I like that character. I don't know why I liked him so much. He's he actually survived, apparently. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he is alive in canon after the events. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure in canon as well. I I'm I am like 95% sure he actually survived, Chris. I do remember, I think I remember you talking about it in a video um, at some point. 
Ja. Transport, this is Solo. I, I just love how he's just so, like, just how he presents himself in this movie is just, I love it. And this, honestly, the, my favorite part in his movies coming up is whenever they're doing the asteroid uh, chase. Yeah. Yep. And just the back and forth between Chewie and Han, because Han, he, he's, he's a, he, he's a dick in, in this part of the film, because he's just, like, screaming at everybody and just, like, don't want to hear. I love that about him, because he's just like, we gotta, he's like, y'all don't understand, we gotta get out of here. And he's like, he's oh, yeah. scared. He just, it's just, I love it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Han is. And then one thing that has to be noted, too, um, you know, you kind of briefly touched on it, Chris, when you were going over um, books to check out. So, you know, I haven't read all the canon books by any stretch. Um, but one of the best, one of the um, best scenes from one of the canon books, like the Battlefront book, you actually have a scene like that's yeah. leading up through this stuff, like Vader, like how, how mm-hmm. basically how Vader gets to the point in the movie where we see him um, coming up, you basically, you actually have like the whole setup of why Vader is like so feared. Like it's this, it's this really cool scene. So basically what happens, you have like the, um, these rebel troopers and, you know, classic, classic Star Wars in a hallway, like in a hallway um, down a tunnel. And they're like fighting back and forth with stormtroopers. And then like the stormtroopers fall back basically. And like, you get like the rebels point of view and they're like, you know, why, like, why are they falling back? And, you know, all of a sudden they see like Vader's red lightsaber come and like, you know, he it's basically like the Rogue One thing all over again. And, um, you know, that just like sets the tone for Hoth. So it's like, man, that's what was that's what Vader was doing. Like, as this is happening, like that's what Vader's doing in the background of these scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that little gun that comes out of the bottom of the Falcon. Just a nice little yeah. feature. <laughs> oh, yeah. And here begins Act Two of ESB. This is yeah, well, we're separate thirty characters. something. We're thirty six minutes in. It's yeah now Act Two. So, but it's crazy how that one particular planet and these scenes take up a quarter of the film. But it's so good you don't even realize it unless you're paying attention. Well, you could literally cut the movie right there and make it literally and break it up into the first part of like a four part mini movie if you'd want. Right. You know. Yeah. The Dagobah system. Even just the way the shots look in space, like the shots in the cockpit, the shots of R2, like all of it looks so good. Even how this, the um, X-Wing pans away at that part. Just cool visual effects like that. Right. Yep. That seemed like such a given now because they didn't have CGI back then, remember. That's all um, model work. Yep. Props to whoever's making the models back then, too, because they look amazing. Like, this has got to be so hard for actors to do. Like, the amount of intensity that Harrison Ford has and all all the actors Mm. there, and they're, like, staring at nothing. It's not like they're seeing what we're seeing, right? Like, they have to summon up the energy and the imagination. That's so hard for actors, um, for the everyday person to do that. At least I feel like that would be hard. I saw... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw one of the best clips. Um, I don't remember what it was from. Um, maybe you sent it to us, Milton, or something. Or I, I remember it was months ago. But it was like Harrison Ford when he was talking about like filming these scenes and stuff, like in the cockpit of the Falcon. He was like, you know, George basically said, 
I don't know, like, you know, mess around with stuff and, like, do mm. what you want. Like, so Harrison Ford just, like, improvised half the stuff that, you know, you know, mm. you see him touching and grabbing in the in the Falcon, which is which is crazy. Like, you know, like you said, Chris, like, it's like you're having to imagine all this stuff. Like, okay, what do we, what do we even, what are we doing here? You're not wrong. I just, this scene, just, I, this is one of my favorite scenes. He's just screaming for tools. He's like, we, we got to fix the damn ship. Chewie, mm-hmm. get the jumper cables. Like, it's just, ugh. So great. <laughs> but this, so, so what I like about this part, too, is that we're starting to really see Han, or Harrison Ford become Harrison Ford in this movie. Like, Han, he was Han Solo in New Hope. He was just becoming, you know, a great actor. But this is the movie where we, he became Han Solo, like Harrison Ford, in my opinion. Because he did, well, they shot Raiders before this. Or no, Raiders is after Ra- this. Raiders was 81. Yeah, Raiders. Yeah. So, That's what I'm so saying. think like this is like Harrison Ford. Like he, it's time for like this is like where he starts just rocking it out as he, an actor. Yeah, because it's like Ray is this Raiders, was a Blade Runner, Empire or Return, Return of the Jedi, of the Jedi. Uh, yeah. Last what was the uh, what they going Last, Last Crusade, Crusade uh, all of them. Like it's just he's cranking out movies. Yeah, so it's like this is where we're getting to see. Oh, this is Harrison Ford. He's that guy. You know, he's he's a leading man in Hollywood, so and you can just tell his charisma is so different in this film. Uh, uh, what six days, seven nights is underrated too. Dude, how far yeah. Dude, how far are these scenes, dude? Like th- how do they pull this off in nineteen seventy nine and eighty? With a lot like, of potatoes. I, honest, right, but here's the thing though. I, it, looks like a, <laughs> it looks legit. Like it's like, oh, okay. Like this is I nice. Know. This is this is why this is my favorite scene. I just love how it's like, man. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah, how do they do that without CGI? It's crazy. Well, man. And like, the, it's... you know, we talk about the CGI. Forget that. The actual cameras they're shooting on, you know, aren't the the cameras oh. of today. Like movies are shot on either. Like, you know, they're lesser quality cameras, and the movies still look this good. Facts. I mean, like I said, it does help. Like back in '97, '98, when they did the special editions again i'm sure they touched up stuff and they added stuff that's fine but this is even prior to this because we were seeing this in well we weren't alive yet but when i watched this in 96 97 for the first time i was like oh yeah you know this is this is tight yeah this movie oh so dope like, I can probably watch this a hundred times in a row and never get bored with it. Oh yeah, same here. Like, like back in the day when I um, when I when I didn't know anything about weight loss, you know, when I graduated high school and stuff. Like, so I would just like I would just treadmill myself to death, and I uh, I kid you not, I would just get on the treadmill and I would just watch this entire movie, just go for two and a half hours straight and just watch Air Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it's such a good movie. And, and, and I like one thing I really like about it is just the transitioning of environments. Like, you know, we go from Hoth to um, inside the Falcon to space, like all of this stuff, you know, and the stakes that are happening overall. And then, of course, with Dagobah with Luke, you know, you have all of these different things happening. Boom, 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 like back to back to back. And, um, you know, it just puts such a variety in the movie versus like staying on Tatooine or staying, you know, um, inside of the Death Star or, you know, whatever. Like, we're actually seeing multiple Star Wars environments. Right. Now, is this is this a mix of soundstage, set, and uh, 
uh, matte paintings. Dagobah. I think, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. The matte paintings, yeah, but the designs, yep. Mm. Right there is one, probably. Yep. yep, well, you have the matte paintings, and then this, I love the, um, the behind the scenes on Dagobah, like how they did all of it, you know, the shooting on the stage, and like, you know, the actors, like, underneath the stage, um, mm. what's the name, Frank Oz, like, down there, like, puppeteering when we get to Yoda, like, all that stuff, like, it's crazy, like, how much work they had to put in to do the Dagobah set. What's this thing called, a dragon snake? I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. I want to see what it actually looks like. You, know, you only see a glimpse, like Jaws, you know. I always imagine, like, this is what, like, the Georgia swamps look like or something. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. yeah, it's nice that they have waterproof droids. Yeah. First of all, you're right. I'm not getting in that water. That's nasty. Yeah, no, that's definitely... Uh, like, there are so many factors that would play into me not even touching that water. From the fact of how it looks to the fact that it's foggy as can be and it's in, like, this wooded area. It's like, yeah, this is prime, like, uh, uh, creature territory. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd be freaking out, dude. This is too much swamp for me. That's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Beep, blip, boop. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I feel like all the X-Wing pilots' jumpsuits, I feel like they look like they're a bit brighter. Like, even... um. Even earlier in the movie, I was going to say that, like when with Luke's, um, I don't know, it just feels like the color palette maybe a little brighter, or it might just be my 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 phone I'm watching it on. But no, I mean, I think it's like a little bit just lighting, I and mean, it might be your phone too. But I think mm -hmm. the lighting too make changes it on how this planet looks. Yeah. Now True. this scene though, like I, I mean, my thoughts as a kid, I'm like, oh my god, like that guy's all nasty looking. <gasps> like I know. I had one of the coolest things like. Like, back then as a kid, there was literally, I'm sure you guys remember from the 90s, like, it was like a, a playset thing. It was probably, like, you yep. know, a foot, a foot mm. tall, and it would, like, turn around and stuff. So Vader, like, you couldn't even take Vader out of the seat, but Vader mm. would turn around in the seat, and it would put the helmet on him, and if you turn him around, it would take it back off, actually. Yeah. I always thought that was his brain as a kid. Like, oh, my gosh, that's Darth Vader's brain. Like, I didn't think it was his skull or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I, I equate the Falcon to a lot of the cards I have had in the past where it's like all these like little issues that I would just solve by like banging them and, sh and stuff and it would... Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking of my cars like the Falcon. Eh, they're reliable, but you just gotta work with them a little bit. Right. Yeah, look at me. This is great chemistry with these two. 
Yeah. I mean, arguably, I would say this is their best chemistry out of all three movies. Right. Well, it helps, too, that, that you know, in real life at the time, they were hooking up, so. Really? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, that's confirmed. Like, yep. she, Carrie Fisher said that. She really wrote it. She wrote it in one of her books or something, like her and yeah, it was uh, in her, Harrison um, had a little. It was her, uh, uh, I can't think of her biography as a name. Uh, I know what book, you're talking yeah, about. Her, yeah, her, her main book that she wrote, she literally talk, like, talked about it, like how she was like getting with Harrison, basically. I think he might have been married at the time, too. Hey, I mean, God, he's in his, like, pro- like 33, 34. She's yeah. 20. It's like, whoa. 20, 21. Mm-hmm. I mean, great acting from Carrie, too, by the way. Like, for her being, like, very early 20s, like, that's very impressive acting. Um, for this entire trilogy, well, I mean, she grew, she grew up in that Hollywood life all her life, so she probably had really good training. I mean, her mom was an actress; I think her dad was an actor yep. too. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder what he's eating. I know. Is that. it a breadstick or something? What is that? Yeah, one of those ration like type things or something. I don't know. Yoda's intro, like all this stuff with Yoda, is just so great. Like. I just, I just, I just think the sequence is so good because, like, you know, you have Luke, who's obviously so impatient, and like Yoda, who's so like wacky and everything, and it's just such like a good uh, juxtaposition of like, you know, a Jedi like needing patience and like, you know, dealing with basically the unexpected and all of that sort mm-hmm. of stuff, and um, right. yeah, I don't know, I just, it's great. Yeah, I was always uh, like always like when I first seen stars i was a little creeped out by yoda just like him being a mm-hmm. puppet that was so like full of emotion i just had never seen anything like that when i was six or seven i was like oh my gosh this is kind of weird and scary at the same time especially like looking at the image of him on the old school vhs sets um like yep. star wars with like the black oh, yeah. face and it has like a stormtrooper yep. darth vader and like yoda's on one i'm like oh that guy's kind of creepy <laughs> yep <laughs> I always love love the permies taking the light. Now Luke does do this whiny little thing. Oh, you're making a mess. I'm like, all right, Luke. <laughs> I mean, like, so great. Like George said, though, with these, um, this entire stuff, like if Yoda doesn't work, this movie doesn't work at all. Basically. I agree. Like, it would it would have totally bombed the entire movie if Yoda would would have not been received at all by the audience. Like, it would have it would have tanked this movie. Well, I think I think what helps is that there was no social media back there either, so no yep. one can get that instant gratification of like hate, hating on it. Mm-hmm. Well, well, the thing is, I I've noticed a lot. Um, not to like go too far too far into the social media commentary, but I feel like there are a lot of people that just like the contrarian argument of being on the hating side yeah things mm. it's it's the whole you know you know you know milton from like sports it's the skip bayless like it's like the skip bayless hot takes of everything and that's how a lot of people are now with social media it's like if i just do the hot take it's i get better clicks if i if i post hot takes or negative on social media than i do positive mm-hmm. yeah and half it only makes sense either so yeah 
I would rather live on Mustafar than Dagobah. Like I could just say that right now. Ugh. Like that might that might be a little dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, Vader's castle. Get Vader's castle. Chill in there. Crank yeah. crank the AC up down to like sixty four. Yeah. Wouldn't be able to breathe outside with all the ash and stuff. Oh, actually, that's true. But I guess Vader has a suit. I don't. And the sulfuric acid, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's <laughs> probably, I heard it would smell terrible, Mustafar. It's a bunch of rotten eggs everywhere with all the sulfur. <laughs> I like that. He's like, he doesn't want to admit, like, to C-3PO that he actually was right about something. C-3PO's <laughs> mm -hmm. a jerk, dude. That's all it is. Well, that's what another, is she um, doing you know, in this situation? Yeah, this kind of upset me. I was like, "What? Like, is she like? It ain't working." What yeah. are you gonna say, Ben? Um, I was gonna say another actor. You know, we've talked so much about Harrison, Le um, Gary, everybody, Anthony Daniels. Like, obviously, he's not showing any emotion, um, physically, but like his voice inflections and everything, like you know, makes that character work perfectly as well. Mm. Oh, he he's the only one I know can play 3PL. Like, he's by far. Oh, yeah. The bad boy. Look, she's like, I'm all about the bad boy, but I don't want to say it. Hmm. Hmm. See, Han Solo's that dude, man. Okay. Gotta make the move. Hit. And all of a sudden, here comes 3PO blocking. <laughs> yeah. 3PO, let uh, that that's, man. I'm back, blocking. Like, 3PO is that friend who just don't know what he's doing. He's like, I didn't... What? He's like, I, I didn't do that. What are you talking about? I love the fact that they show, like, the Star Destroyer's bridge being crushed by an asteroid and, like, the hologram just disappear with the people dying. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that is yeah. a little touch. I, oh, for sure. Well, I love this part, too, though, where, like, Ben Burt put, like, the... He puts, like, a skip breath right here whenever he hears about the Empire. Emperor want to talk to him. Like, if you... If you heard the sound on, like, you hear him just say, <laughs> move the ship. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, damn. Like, he really, like, oh, yeah, we need to talk to the Emperor. <laughs> Gosh, I think you're, the Imperial, you're, you're the Imperials, and they're like, man, take us into the asteroid field. They, they get all the effort in there, and they're like, actually, Vader's like, no, 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 turn us back around. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I need to get cell signal. What are you guys' thoughts on this scene? Did you like the original dialogue or the current updated dialogue? And Wait, even the visual dialogue, yeah, yeah. This is different. What was? Yeah. So, like in the original trilogy, different. in the original version, <clears throat> the dialogue was like shortened. You know, like we don't we don't get the whole "I doubt it's a boy" is the offspring of Anakin Skywalker in the 1980s version. This is completely yeah, he, changed. Yeah, in the original I'll, one, I believe it says the um. Uh, we know, have a new enemy. Powerful asset, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. we have a new enemy, um, etc. Because it, it's the um, the one guy, Clive something. I know mm -hmm. just because of Kenobi having him in there, which is awesome. 
Yeah, I I like that design way more than this one. Now that I've seen the one from yeah. Kenobi, I'm like, can I kind of retcon this again so they have that one? <laughs> right, right. It looks too yeah, goofy but... or something. The Revenge of the Sith one just looks off. Wait, yeah. you don't like the Revenge of the Sith look of them? I I, I like the, I, I like how they emulated. I I liked how, like ever since I I seen the Obi Wan flashback or the hologram, I I just feel like. They did a better job with that one. Like they, they should go back and redo that scene now. <laughs> For chronological sake, it's like now you have like something like in between, and now this one looks more like Revenge of the Sith. It's like, eh. All right. I like, I like, I like that they kept I, the one thing I liked about the original one. I mean, you know, George talked about it before, before he edited it, and then he kind of like changed his tone on it, but like. In some of the interviews before he edited it, you know, he talked about how, like, you know, they made him look so weird because it was kind of like hiding the mystery of, like, who the Emperor really was and what he actually looks like. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. you know, of course, they changed it. Yeah, I, I mean, I've honestly, like, I like both designs, like, from the 1980s version, even this one, obviously, because we're used to, like, Ian McDermott, because obviously he wasn't playing that character in 1980. Yep. But, um, I don't know, I just... I cast myself going back and watching the old one on youtube because it is like a good scene but clearly this is the more superior scene and little yoda just playing with luke's head here like what the hell dude i want to taste the soup man i always wonder what it's gonna taste like (laughs) well also too i mean you know you got to think about like luke's perspective it's like man obi-wan sent me to this planet i crashed basically crashed um you know and now i'm dealing with this this little creature like that's just basically jerking me all around here like what is going on <laughs> like mm-hmm. like what 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 where do we want to send me to <laughs> right. he's not ready uh, now this is what i like about this scene too is yoda goes back to the old jedi decree the old dogmatic viewpoint he's too old too old to complete the training it's like come on like yoda that's why you guys got wrecked because you guys are so old in your thinking the, the, the Sith were ten times ahead of you guys. That's why they beat you so easily. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, like you know, Yoda thinking that way. Gosh, one of the best, one of the best memes I saw out of Kenobi. I'm not sure if I sent it to you guys or not, but it was, it was great. Like, it was, it showed Obi Wan. It, it was like a meme. It was, a, it was a half and half meme. It showed Obi Wan getting burned up in fire by Vader when he was torturing him, and it was like, it was like Obi Wan, um, out here doing work. And then, it, then at the bottom, it was like Yoda, also during this time period, and it was Yoda sound asleep in his bed. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it's all like that it's like, man, Yoda, you're really helping. <laughs> right. Now, do we think so? Like, like even me just joking about that. Um, could have Yoda actually been effective during A New Hope and the events of Empire Strikes Back, or was he actually just too old? Like, because you know what we saw from him from the prequels. That was only 20 years ago. Like, do we think he could still do that right now? I mean, I'm sure he can summon it for, like, a short burst. I mean, it's kind of like like that. I mean, think about, like, an old, like, you know, you know, Wushu, Kung Fu Master. Yep. He can probably sum up some good energy for a couple minutes to, like, wreck you quick. I think Yoda could have done it, but I think, I think Vader probably would have wrecked him. I mean, I don't know that's yep. probably blasphemous for some people to hear, but... I think Vader could probably beat him now. 
because he is older. He hasn't. He, I mean, yeah. he's still in tune with the force, but not physically yeah. though. I mean, he also does like die basically of old age three years yeah. from now, or so. Another jump scare. There's a lot of jump scares in this movie between the uh, Wampa and the Minox. Mm-hmm. I I always thought like. Like, as a kid, you know, of course, as a kid, being six, seven years old, I was like, man, is that, are those things, like, bat, is that what bats are outside? Like, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, it makes you, yeah, like, what the hell are these? It's gross. Yeah. I thought one of the and best costumes. No, are these, like, oxygen masks that they're wearing? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I thought one but of the best cosplays at at celebration was somebody because we had to wear a mask. So somebody actually made like the Han, the Han costume <laughs> that we're seeing with the mask. It's like that's the best use of a mask with a costume I've seen. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but they're still in space though, so they probably would get like sucked in, right? No, 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 no. They, they, they I mean, that asteroid was large enough to have oxygen. Okay. Uh, like, like an atmosphere. Like it was large right. enough to have an atmosphere. Not a good enough one for oxygen, which is why they're wearing a mask. Okay. It is still funny, though, Milton. Like, you know, these little masks you walk out into, into space. Yeah. Yeah, it's got, it's got, it's got enough mass, the asteroid, to have, gra- like, gravity, mm-hmm. but... I mean, I guess because they have creatures anyways, so... Yeah. Oh, get away, get away, get away. Oh, gosh, you're such a jerk. <laughs> this I this mean, music, was... so... Go ahead. Go on. Oh, no, I was saying, see, 3 Bio would definitely be me in that situation with Minox. I'd be like, get these things away from me. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, Chris, like, this is where the music kicks in. Like, this is where, like, And, like, he's like, come on, hurry up. And, again, just Han Solo is a jerk in this movie and i love every moment of it because he's just like we gotta stop playing around let's go i will not start discussing in a committee <laughs> i just love it man he just does it he gives no f's at all about anybody I mean, it's very good camera work. Now that I'm noticing, it's just like, yeah, the guys just they're sitting there shaking the camera and they're getting direction to like what direction to like fall and stuff. It's like really good synced up. All right. Good old Exogorth. Fire. So great. Yep, I tried to always mimic this when I was a kid, playing on the playground, climbing uh-huh. up the little rope, swinging like you're a Jedi. My oh, only, 100%. Only, for sure, my only negative about this film is it's more of a nitpick. But I know in the, in the in the special, or not the special edition, like behind the scenes, or, you know, there is like a training sequence with a lightsaber mm. that they cut out. I wish we would have got that. That would have been so dope. But other than that, though, this is a great scene. Like, this whole training stuff is dope. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, right. I mean, with the with the training, um, you know, that's another interesting thing too. Like, you know, just Luke's training, how long it was, 
how long this movie really spans because that's right. that's always a point of contention with Star Wars fans and there's really no clear answer like if you listen to like interviews of people like you know Luke could have been here for potentially months on Dagobah like right. based on based on where um like if you look at the galactic map of where like Dagobah is where Bespin is where Hoth is like where all these things are like they're spread out a bit so you know conceivably based on like how long it takes them to travel like all these things like Luke could have been here training for months and months with with Yoda. Well, and that's the thing too, because look at like the Falcon. I mean, again, this of course the movie kind of tells you, like their hyperdrive is destroyed, solar is messed up, so they can't jump yeah. in the light speed. Yeah. So it's going to take them longer. So was he here for a week? Was he here for two weeks? A month? You know, like yeah. Yeah. Then we see. I mean. We we see in other stories after after Empire, uh, currently a lot of comics like Luke is still not uh, like the ultimate Jedi even after this movie, right? Like he still has so much to learn. So right. you know people spend their entire lifetime in the prequel era to become a Jedi from the early age of being a toddler essentially at the mm. you know now his age and they would be like a Jedi Master at this point almost. So. You know, but he's also the chosen one. So I would also, or, or the son of the chosen one. So I'd also expect like the Skywalker blood to allow him to be more powerful, and get get the stuff down a little bit easier, maybe. Yeah, he's more naturally oh. gifted. He's he is For LeBron sure. James' son. Like LeBron's kid, Bronny James is really good at basketball. He's got that natural ability, but it helps that your dad's already got that genetic bloodline. You inherit that. Mm -hmm. You're you're got the natural ability. You're honing your craft with daily practice. Now with Luke, he's now honing his craft as what? I think in this movie he's like 22, 23, his character. Yeah. So like he's – and he's been doing this, what, for three years now, touching on the force a little bit, doing some trainings. Because I know in canon he does do some remote training in between New Hope and Empire. Yep, he does, yep. So like he's been working on it, but he's still not nice yet. He didn't have a teacher. You know, now, now he's got an instructor to say, hey, let's, let's refine your skills. Oh, for sure. Like, like, like you said, the, the athlete analogy is the best one. Like, he, he has the potential. It's just putting in the training. Like, he, yeah. he obviously could do shorter training than someone who's not. Like, say, in, in comparison, say the same age, um, uh, like, Obi-Wan. Like, Obi-Wan had to, like, work his way harder to get mm -hmm. to the point where he was just because of, like, the pure potential. Like, Luke and Anakin's potential is so much higher than, like, you know, the other Jedi. Right, right. And this is why I really like this movie. Um, this movie, more than the other Star Wars movies, especially with introducing Yoda, digs into the mythology of this being a modern myth, right? People Facts. follow the Odyssey and stuff of the Iliac uh, by Homer and all those things from, like, ancient times. And this is, like, our version of what people are reading back in ancient times. Like, this is, like, so monolithic. It's like, you know, you just got... Everybody has, like, that dark cave that they go f through themselves that, like, test their abilities. And, and this is that moment for Luke to be like, I could mm -hmm. become like this if I don't chill yeah. out and, like, do a different path. Like, I have power to choose at this point. And through going through the dark cave... It's his trial, and I think it speaks a lot for, like, the coming of age. You know, this is supposed to be a story for 12-year-olds, essentially, and it's like Luke's, uh, George Lucas giving these kids a lesson, like, 
hey, we all can make these decisions. Um, we all have the power to do so and all that. So, yeah, like we all have the ability to be, you know, I guess to break bad, you know, if if we really wanted to. Um, and this and this is why I think, and you know, I'm we'll, we'll see the bounty hunters here, and we'll get yeah. into all that. I mean, this is our first introduction of Suck who's boss, 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 boss. Um, Boba. Was it wh- which one's the robot? Droid. Four LM. IG88. Yeah. Oh, four LM. Four LM. Four LOM. How are you say it? Wait, is this dope? Scene IG88. Yep. Yep. No yep. disintegrations. I just love that. Yep. He's like, as you wish. Um, but no, this is why I, I get annoyed with, you know, and I'm going to reference the sequels here, and I talk about Ray. Yes, she's Palpatine's granddaughter. We get that. However. Luke is the son of the chosen one and still struggles. He still goes through some trauma. He still has to sacrifice something. You know, like if I think if they would have given like somewhat like an echo to how Luke's life was to Ray a little bit, I think I would have personally accepted her character probably a little bit more better. But I just felt like they, they made it too easy for her. I wish they would have looked at Empire and looked at New Hope and say, Hey, what were the two biggest tragedies that Leia and Luke went through? And let's try to at least put her in that same position to like win her oh. so the crowd can like so the crowd can gravitate towards her i mean it's naturally to do well, so see, that's like, that's why i like i actually loved um hey you know that that's another podcast idea for another day um we could we could do a deep dive potentially talk about trevorrow's script for episode nine but that's why i loved trevorrow's because he had ray getting blinded at the yeah. end of that movie during the fight with um with Kylo, you know, and it's like adding stuff like that makes defines the characters more and more like, you know, they have to deal with that adversity versus just kind of like, you know, going through the story. And like, you know, even um, just something like that would I feel like would have potentially made the character a lot more interesting, right, you know, right. and obviously we see Luke go through a lot of like hard times in this movie. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, this scene with I forget who this captain is. Captain he he knows he's dead. Yeah, he, he he knows he's dead. Like it's a wrap. And I love that Vader just wrecks everybody. He just wrecking everybody in this movie. And again, I tried to do the same move when I was a kid in the pool. You know, you put you, you yeah upside down. Yeah. Dude. Oh yeah. Like how dope is that? I I remember seeing this and thinking, I'm like, he can't be doing that for real. Yeah. I I mean, I can do handstands, but I can't can't do that. Like. And I'm sure there's people in the world. Yeah, I'm (laughs) sure there's people in the world that can actually do that. I'm sure there's athletes like gymnasts that can do something like that. But I'm thinking, dude, Luke. I'm like, like Jedi's are that cool like that? Like it was. Oh my god, I was such a mark when I was a kid about this movie. Loved it. Oh yes, these the the original trilogy, specifically Empire of Return of the Jedi, really um, imposed a lot of stunts for kids to try when they were younger like these handstands these you know the diving board stuff the different stuff with the ropes like all that sort of stuff was inspired um by these movies and you know there's i guarantee you every kid that ever watched these movies tried these type of things oh no no problem yeah and the dialogue here too with what yoda i mean i I think ben or chris you might have referenced it but it i think was you ben this movie doesn't work if Yoda doesn't work. And how he's explaining oh, yeah. the Force, yeah. how he's explaining that, hey, get out your head, you know, like, the trust the Force. It's like, 
you know, as a kid, I didn't understand this until I got older. And it's like, ain't about your size. It ain't about what you think you know. You know, let go. Oh, oh 100%. And, like, you know, that's a good thing with this. Um, you know, we talk about so much how, like, George Lucas, like, um, edited parts of these movies and things. And I feel like he was even self-aware enough to not make this be the all-digital Yoda um, just because I think it would have, like, enraged fans, like, extremely if the, if he would have messed with this movie like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, Yoda, Frank Oz's voice for Yoda, like, if that doesn't work, like, because think, like, when you're making Yoda, like, yeah, I mean, heck, even Darth Vader, like, what voice do you imagine for characters that don't have voices? Yeah. Like, you know, it, that's such a hard... Like, I feel like that's the hardest... I, of course, there's plenty of hard things about being creators. But, like, even, like, say, animation projects right now, like, who said, like, Freddie Prince Jr. was the voice of Kanan? Like, you know, where did where did that come from? Like, how did that fit with that character? Like, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, how do you... Like, to me, I feel like that's one of the hardest parts on creatives is finding the actual voices for the characters and for, like, you know, iconic ones like Vader, Yoda. I mean, 3PO, if 3PO is a weird voice, it'd be like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, you know, these voices all work for these characters that, that have them. All right. So we're, what, uh, one hour, 11 minutes in this film? And... You know, it's it's just it's, it moves so well. The pacing's so good in this film. Yeah, yep. because they they hit with that big battle. Then we get that like more a lot of character development. <coughs> it slows down in the middle, but it needs to to bring up the finale at the end. Mm-hmm. And here's Luke being a little biatch right now. Like, what are you doing, man? Come on, get over yourself. But then Yoda, like this. I'm not even kidding you. This is one of the greatest scenes in the cinema. Like, and I and I stand by that. Because there's no way we'd have thought when we were younger, even for the first time this came out, people thinking, wait, this little guy's moving this ship? And the yeah. music, wait. the John Williams music dude hits. Wait till your friend watches this, Milton. You were just saying yeah. she was going to watch it. Like, like, like the, the Williams music hits, and it's the whole, as you mentioned, it, from like a kid's point of view, it's like the awe and wonder, like, holy smokes, this little creature is lifting this big ship and moving it. Like, like what in the world is going on here? That showcases the power of the Force. It's like he said, it's not this crude matter. It's what we believe and what was inside of us that we can connect with the living Force. But just the build-up, dude. Like, it's like, he's like, I can't believe it. That is why you feel. Like, it's like that. Oh, getting goosebumps right now. Like, this scene's so good. Imagine the the gangrene and snakes in that thing right now. Yeah. Oh, I know. Is it this movie or is it the next one where he says about um, when Luke says, I'm not afraid when he says you will be? It's this one. This one. He already did it. Is it. Okay. Oh, did yeah. he? Oh, I missed it. Yeah, that always scared like, me. That's. I was going to say, Chris, when you were saying about Yoda being freaky, that's the freakiest Yoda scene. Like just the way it shot mm. and looks when he says you will be like, I don't know. It's just it's kind of freaky. It looks like he might have been smoking a little bit of reefer. That's why that's why he sounded yeah. that way. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, what else is he going to do in his right, free right. time on that? Yeah. Okay, guys, seriously, if, if you're Captain Nita and you know you're about to get killed, do you even do you even attempt to go over to the ship or you just run away? You just like, just you're like, listen, oh, we, I'm just going to be we, like, a, I'm, I'm running. 
we abandoned ship. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go join the rebellion. Like, oh, that's yeah. how like, badass Vader is. He just, like, oh, apology accepted after the guy's dead. Like, yeah, your, your, your apology means so much. Uh, until you die, I'm not going to acknowledge it. <laughs> right, right. Well, so yeah. he killed, what, three officers or two thus far? Nita. Ozzel uh, and Nita so Ozzel. far. Yeah. But he just, See, he's like, all right. That's... Not to like, not to harp on Kenobi, but man, that's what got me about the Reva stuff in Kenobi. I'm like, Vader's just taking out fools left and right. We're not even through this movie, and and like he was so mad at her, and he's like, I'll set you down gently. <laughs> like, I don't know. But but I mean, yeah, we'll get. I mean, we all know how that yeah. played out. It is what yeah. it is. But though, this was but, cool though. I like this part <laughs> where he got Captain Solis. You going way too far? The time I'm like three. I'm like three PO. Chill out. No one doesn't listen to me. I'm like, oh my god, dude. Oh yeah, Trujillo was complain. definitely over the top in it. But I, but what's nice again? I know we we make fun of him, but it works for this movie. You need it because because he's us. Like, think about if we were in that situation and we we're just like normal Randys hanging out with these people, we'd be like, what the hell's going on here? Why why are we? What, what are we doing? Like, we he's. Pretty much being us as the audience, I think. Oh, for sure. And these, you know, these movies, you need a a, uh, a comic relief, mm. and that's exactly what he is. Right. Lando Calrissian, dude, how, how, man, he's such a great character too. I love Lando. And what's up with that? That's a great casting too by Billy D. Like, like Chris, you you talk about. Oh, was it you or Ben or whatever about the voices? Who picked the voices for the characters? Who casts these these actors to play these characters? Because they, I mean, they haven't missed. I don't know actually. Yeah. But, uh, but cast, what I'm saying, whoever the casting well, director was, I don't know if there yeah, was a casting director. Is like, it might have just been George Lucas. Right, right. It might have been George I mean, and, and Irvin Kershner. And we can we get some shout out to Irvin Kershner here as like the director oh, yeah. of this film because he kills it as a director of this film. And I mean, hell, that was George Lucas's teacher in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Which that's that's wild to think you you go and have this mega success in a new hope given you know at the time of this movie like Lucas was um dealing with all the business side of Star Wars like not to like say oh Lucas could have done it or Lucas didn't have the time but he really didn't like because I actually have the book um how Star Wars conquered the universe and you know at this time like the reason he didn't direct this movie was basically because he was literally too busy with the actual business side mm. of the products the you know, the marketing, like all of the actual behind the scenes stuff, like that's what Lucas, you know, he was micromanaging everything and he just didn't have the time to do this movie. Mm. Boba Fest following but he the was still, But he was still like hands, hands on with it, right, but right, just right. not perfect. Do the force. Hmm. Through the force, things you will see. See, and this is why we try to practice the force when we were kids. Scenes like this. They make it so believable. Yoda really makes it yeah. seem like it exists. Yeah, like we, we can do this, right? I can imagine I can see the future. I say it all the time as I'm training my clients. Like, I'll be like, I'll, I'll just recite, like, Yoda lines to them. And they don't even know. <laughs> control. Like, you got to brace your core. Control, control. You must learn control. And they're just yeah. like, okay. And I'm just laughing in my head. Just like, yep. 
Yeah, you're like, uh, yeah. Thank, thank you, Yoda, for helping me train my clients today. <laughs> Guys, if we were if we were in the Star Wars universe, we would just we would just open a we would be the the main Star Wars gym just opened on Naboo. We'd be the the fitness people there. <laughs> yeah. I, I can, I'd live on that. First of all, I would live on Naboo because that's probably the only planet I would like feel comfortable living. Oh, that, for sure. And may, and maybe like the rich part of Coruscant. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh my Cloud gosh. I, this is like my favorite location in the movie. I just love, and this is before oh. I've seen the prequels. <clears throat> so I love like yeah. the idea of like a giant city that's just floating because we hadn't seen anything like this. And then you get the, the, the color palette, again, going from the stark white to the green of Dagobah to the pink hues space. of Bespin. Well, asteroid field, too. Yep. Cloud City. Yeah, I, I will pops. live on Cloud City, too. A cloud car? I remember I, I, I had a variation of a cloud car that was like a single cloud car that was like some Hasbro figure thing. And I just like yeah. the, the idea of these like twin cloud car vehicles and... Now, um, what shots did they add? I forget. It's like all the so city they, shots. Yeah, all the city okay. shots. So they, they add all the stuff that's like, this was in the original, I believe. This was in the original. Um, that's this shot. Focus on, like, the ships. Maybe. Yeah, that, the ships were added, right? This this might have been a new shot. Of them that's inside. a new shot. This is a new shot. Yeah, anything that's like this with like the yeah. digital mm -hmm. uh, Millennium Falcon is new. Because even gotcha. like the shot when you see Leia later out the window, that's a new shot as well. Oh yeah, I know that one. I just had forgotten the outside, um, the exterior shots. Right. Which again, it just adds to the film. And I know Lucas was like, "Listen, we just it feels so claustrophobic. We need to add more to it to make it seem like it's an actual city. It works." Oh yeah, it does add a little world yeah. building. Because mm. even in, so, there's a couple other scenes when they show like the interior of like this particular building. Where they're like they're they're running away from the empire, like they take out a wall and they mm -hmm. open up to show the city, which is like that's another good shot. Yep. Yeah, I will live on Cloud City for sure. Yeah, I think that's like the only the only hesitancy I would have about Cloud City is just like the logistics of it, like one day maybe like falling. <laughs> See, I, right. I I just couldn't. I just kind of, because I'm not a big heights person, and I'd just be scared, like, walking down a sidewalk, like, man, if I slip on something, it's it's game over. Oh, my gosh. I, I just noticed something else in the background that I'd never seen before. I've mm. seen the actual first canonical Star Wars train. Did you see that? There's, like, a Star Wars train that's, like, going underneath the Yeah, I the saw platform. that. <laughs> there we go again. I noticed red back to a train. There you go. That's my takeaways from this rewatch of Empire. I feel like I've noticed so many more of those little details, you know, watching it on my phone. I feel like just because, you know, you're more focused on like a little screen. <laughs> All right. Like I'm, I'm watching on a much higher resolution monitor. I'm like three feet away from it. So I'm like picking up all the little things. Yeah. Man, Lando's a smooth operating mo. mo he's so dope. First of all, 80, Billy, 80 Billy D. Williams. Exactly. Billy D. Williams is the only man that I know that can pull off that mustache with an afro, and nobody would hate on him for that. Like, if, if he wore that outfit, 
that look today as a young Lando or young Billy D. Williams, man, his Instagram following be off the chain. Let's just be real here. Oh, especially, for sure. Like, especially after it, Top Gun came out and everybody's like, I want a mustache on my mans. Nah, Lando Calrissian all day, every day. Oh, Milton, the way Instagram is, you could easily see, like, like hypothetically, say you throw this young Billy D in 2022 on Instagram. Dude, he'd, he'd be, he'd be the guy that. posting shirtless, shirtless pictures, you know, a million followers. People would be all about him. Yeah, Lando. Let's go. With that mustache and that jerry curl. The, the best part about Billy D is even he's like 82, 83 years old. He yep. still has that same charm, like still. Yep. yep. Now, I'm pretty sure she dropped an F-bomb to him, to 3PO. Yeah, it's basically oh, just. Oh, yeah. All right, what's the mystery here? Are these stormtroopers that shoot him? I think I think it's stormtroopers. Because he says it later. He's like, he's like stormtroopers. Oh, here. you're right. Blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so I think that's what happens. See, I, that's what I always thought of. I, I was never sure if it was Stormtroopers or the um, Ugnot people that shot at him. Mm-hmm. But I guess that is true, Milton. I forgot 3PO does say that, actually. Yeah. So, guys, remember earlier I said about how Luke's power has become more, like, significant as he's seeing This is where I think helps prove not my theory but my thoughts on this because we get a clear picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi when he pops up here. Like, look how much, much more clear he looks. Uh, I, I think because Luke true. is more in tune with the Force, he's able to see oh. him clearly. And then, obviously, in something. the next movie, yeah, in the next movie, he's more powerful. He's really in tune with the Force. Now, Obi-Wan's able to touch physical things, you know? it's Sit down on, that, a, log, that, on a log. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's how I look at it, you know? And maybe I'm wrong, but that's just how I've seen it, you know? I mean, because I'm sure I'm sure Yoda's having full blown conversation with Ben Kenobi every day, and seeing him like this because he's so in tune with the Force. <coughs> Gosh, Alec Guinness is so great. Yeah, and really, he didn't probably have to come back. He probably could have just shot some voiceover and be like, yeah. "All right, whatever." But to come back and do, yeah. you know, was it three scenes he's been in in the movie thus far? Three, actually two, I think. Like it's like, come on, man! He didn't have to do that, but he, he makes he adds to this film by being there, you know. And here's the thing, though, too: if you take a kid to watch, let's say uh, you took a kid who's ten, you had him watch the prequels, um, Qua, Rebels, not Rebels, Clone Wars, Obi Wan, and the sequel or the original trilogy. Yeah, there's no, there's no way they would say that's not Obi Wan. They would say, oh, that's all the same person. Like, yep. that's how good Ewan McGregor has done playing Obi-Wan. That's how good Alec Guinness has to play Obi-Wan. Like, that's all the same person. Oh, yeah, they've blended the character. Like, like not to um, dig on Alden, but there's a clear difference between his his Han and, and mm-hmm. Harrison's Han. And, like, Ewan, you, you can go... You can see Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan in Phantom Menace Obi-Wan. Right. Yeah. And here it is. Told you I did. Reckless is he. Now, I was like, who's he talking about? There's another. Like, I'm thinking there's another guy? Yeah. They <laughs> talking, according to Twitter, he was talking about Ray. <laughs> Miss me with that trash. Come on, man. Because I'm thinking, like, yeah, no, there's another. That was a big Ugh. mystery. Yeah. And, and that's, per- but think about, though, this is 1980 where they didn't have the internet. 
and movies didn't come out every other year. This was a th- another three years when they got Return of the Jedi. Can you imagine having those conversations for three years? Yeah, like who's he talking about? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like in the, in movie terms, like and um, just what we've seen so far, if like if you'd be theorizing based off A New Hope and this, you'd be thinking, is he talking about Han or something? Maybe yeah. you know, right, right, right. like who who is? And again, it? there wasn't no Twitter. You want it? back then? Yeah. <laughs> this I've always thought lays out. I've always thought Lay's outfit on Cloud City is underrated. Oh yeah. And here's the thing: like it's it's very it's very sexy but very classy, you know. Han Solo's whipped. You can clearly see it now. And he's like, "Well, (laughs) hmm, Hmm. there's like a white IG droid in the background there." Oh yeah. What are these things called again? Are the the Ugnots? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, same right. as Kiel from uh, The Mandalorian. Hell, okay. for all we know, that could have been Kiel, one of these guys. Right. Damn, Chewie. Uh, I'm surprised Star Wars hasn't, like, retconned that, you know, in, in the, into this movie. Eh, right, but it, it's a bit of a stretch. I, I like they got, the way they got him now. Look, Lando just trying to get at Leia. He's like, listen, he's like, if Han wasn't here, I'll be talking to you quick. <laughs> I mean, even with Han there, he still was trying to. You ain't lying, to too. That's that's what I like about it. It's like, Han's like, I don't care. He's like, Han, Han took my ship. I'm going to take your girl. <laughs> Man, Lando, I, I like that cape, too, dude. I, got, I need to get that. <laughs> Imagine me working up, hey, walking into work with a cape. Oh my God! I'd be like, Milton, what are you doing? I'm like, listen. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I'm doing my Billy D. William impression today. There you go. Every oh, I, I never realized, I never realized that Leia was holding Han's arm, walking around like that. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, they are like really moving fast, huh? <laughs> I mean, so so okay. Years. So before we go, I'm, so these interior shots. They they oh, they they cut out those windows and oh. put those scenes. Back. That, oh, that, so like they they got rid of all the windows because it felt so closed in. Oh, this is a great introduction. This was badass. I'm like, wait, what? He stopped the laser? Yeah, gun? yeah. And now we know how Kylo can do it, but Kylo Bubba can make it We will be honored if you would join us. What a dinner. Yeah, he's like, what are we having for dinner, bro? Can we at least eat first? Like, like realistically, though, like, in do you know, Chris, in Canada, do they actually sit here and talk at all or something? Like, hey, we're going to put you in Carbonite Hunt or something? It's funny because they <sighs> had, uh, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back, and I don't think that was ever addressed. Yeah. That would have been the place so to in do the, it. In the radio drama, they do kind of address this a little bit. So because, like... Luke, or not Luke, uh, Han shoots at Vader. He stops it. And then Han's like, listen, we're not going out with a fight. He's like, Chewie, you get him on the other side. I'll get him on this side. And Lando's like, no, like, don't do it, guys. They're going to kill you. And that's when Vader tells Han, he's like, I'm going to, like, choke your Wookiee out if you don't stop, pretty much. Oh, and and, and oh, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, yeah, he's like, if you don't stop, he's like, I'm going to kill your the Wookiee. 
Mm. And then that's when he's like, all right, he's like, I'm not going to try to fight him. Dang. Yeah, well, just, there's, just there's, to, there's my new head cannon. <laughs> yeah, just listen to the radio drama. You're going to be like, oh, wait, it's crazy. Yeah, this scene. And I like this scene, too, because it's just like just shows how gentle and caring Chewie is. But he's like, listen, I'm going to try to put them together. And obviously, Peter Mayhew. Yep, three PO, but Peter Mayhew's acting in this too. Yeah, no dialogue, and he just you just see that he cares. He says, "Stormtroopers here." Yeah, that that was one Star Wars actor. I was like, man, I was really, I was definitely kind of sad about. I, I mean, of course, you're always sad when Star Wars actors die, but Peter Mayhew was always so like good with the fans, good with the communities, everything. It was, it was so sad when he died. I was like, right. oh dang. Oh, this torture chair. That yell. Dude, you're right though. This is the best looking Vader of all, like in the whole series. Oh, he, everywhere, every single shot he's in, I think he just looks fantastic. Mm. Just walking, moving, the way the lighting is on the helmet. Like if you notice, like just the reflections. Mm. Every single shot of Vader looks great. Perhaps he's being treated unfairly. Dude, you can't trust Vader. Like, why even try, bro? In talking back, man, that's some gusto from Lando, like even at like asking questions. Mm-hmm. Another no. often quotable line. This deal's getting worse all the time. Right. Yep. Three PO just losing his mind, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Han Solo. I, I he's just getting his he's getting rocked in his movie. Just the feel of where the film is right now, so good. Mm-hmm. Just like the the, mm-hmm. the rebels are so down and out right now, and it's just I know it's bad to say I'm entertained by something like that, but it's just for me. It's just just like oh, this is where the movie really shines for me. This like but- all these plot lines converging because it's like actual holy crap stakes. it's actual stakes uh-huh yeah it's all it's yeah right stakes great storytelling it all is going to make sense exactly because he even says like they never asked me any questions so you're thinking like why would they torture him then and then you find out wait this is the draw out luke spoilers hmm. yeah like literally, think when Han was getting tortured, that was pretty much like they put him on the electric chair, but gave him minimal d- volts, so you know he wouldn't get killed. Like exactly. you know, they were just zapping him, and it's mm-hmm. like that's that's well, wild, right? But think about what Vader was doing. Vader, Vader was drawing out Luke. Like he knew Luke would yeah. sense this. Like he knew Luke yep. would like feel us in the force and say, "I gotta come save my friends." Oh, that's for why. Sure. I, if that was if that was me getting zapped, I'd be like, "Okay, hold up, just shut that off, and I'll tell you everything here." Everything you need to yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I'm snitching. I'm I'm ratting everybody yeah. out. <laughs> Lando, I mean Lando was some quick moves in this scene too, by the way. 
Oh, for sure. I love that transition so much where they're like lifting him up and like half his body goes away and then it just says the carbonite freezing chamber. That is such yeah. a good yep. wipe transition there. The Kurosawa wipes are so great. Right. Oh yeah, so that's well what they were made from? That's what it, oh. Yeah, all, all the, the main wipes from um, the original trilogy were all the Kurosawa wipes, which, you know, that's why like a lot of people were like, man, they're not including that very much at all in, in uh, many of these... Um, projects that are going on right now it's like there's so many opportunities like like through kenobi you could have had so many of those wipes thrown in there just for even nostalgia but also just applying them appropriately appropriately like you just said chris like you know just for that transition right there alone mm. now look at this color palette too chris i mean you mm. mentioned this earlier like how white this is you're like oh this must be like it's uh, yeah it's, it looks so good this is probably my mm. Second favorite scene in this movie, because besides the saber duel that comes up, but like just the intensity of this mm -hmm. particular scene, and obviously we have one of the greatest lines of cinema, is yep. you know I love you, I know, um, but just how Chewie, Chewie in the scene kills it, just how he's just desperately crying out. Well, that's us. I mean, yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's like us scene. going, oh man, there goes Hug. Yeah, exactly. Put him in. So dang good. Yeah, just wrecking people now. Look at Vader's like, don't shoot him. Just let yeah. let him let, let, let him kill some stormtroopers. Let, get out of his system. Let him let him let him kill our stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let him get it out of his system. He's like he's like they can't shoot anyway, so it's all good. That's why we gotta get rid of him. Well, think too in the timeline, like how confident Vader is, like, like say, saving canon now. Like, look, he, he just, he wrecked Reva without a lightsaber. You think he's worried about Chewie growling around? Like, he doesn't care. Like, well, and, and at this point, though, too, though, Vader, Vader's plans have changed. Like, he, yep. he's like, he's like, okay, I'm going to get Luke, and I'm going to, like, honestly, part of me thinks that he didn't want to take him to the Emperor. He's like, I'm going to just take Luke and just train him myself. Yeah. Yeah, this is like that, if, if we, Star Wars we, needs to do a what if series. Exactly. If we had the volume turned up, this scene, guys, I'm telling you, it's so good. Just like how high look at him just screaming and yeah. that music that it testifies. Mm. Screaming, the smoke, the mm. everything. And thinking like oh, that's kids that were like vision what? right there. Right, that that transition shot. When when you yep. see the smoke coming up and the way that Vader's helmet's like looking downward, it's just right. iconic, yep. man. Yeah. And here's 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 what's nice about this scene too: the echo. Remember in Clone Wars, they they do this in Clone Wars to, to infiltrate the prison. They put them all in carbonite. Yep. So uh -huh. so Vader knew that this would work. He, he knew that I can put a human in carbonite. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about Remember, that. Like, yeah, especially that get, in Canada now. Yeah, that's... that's yes, they, they, yeah, they use it to get into the yeah. Citadel. That's so, actually... So, so. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, Milton. Good, yeah. really good call there. Clone Wars is fire, man. I'm telling you, like, if you just... It, it echoes everything. Like, like yeah. Anakin did this with his troopers mm -hmm. to, 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 to save Jedi out of the Citadel. You know, that's it's, true. it's I, I forgot about that. 
Because even 3PO says, he's like, oh, he should, he's like, in case in carbonite, he should be well protected. Like, he knew like he'll be fine if he survives the freezing process. I've seen people's refrigerators with, like, that thing on it, like, with the with the uh, yeah. <laughs> carbonite Han Solo oh, print so, on their fridges. Oh, yeah. Well, well, with us being on this movie, I, I can't. I mean, I've told the story a while, quite a while ago on the podcast, so I'll tell it now. Um, again, just to refresh our, our listeners, like, so we actually, so my dad's, my dad's best friend, um, he worked with at UPS for like 30 years. He was, he's a huge Star Wars fan, like all of us, like he collects everything. His, his whole upstairs on his garage is Star Wars collector items. And back in, uh, back in like 97, 98, when Star Wars was announced, you know, it was coming back, Taco Bell had this like giveaway thing and it was a giveaway for a life-size Han and Carbonite, like a full-blown life-size, you can hang on your wall, like movie replica, uh... like big, heavy-duty Han and Carbonite. And it was like, you'd get it by put, bringing in like the Taco Bell, the stubs off the cups, the big plastic cups. Well, so my dad's friend and my dad, like he basically begged my dad and all the other UPS co-workers in the entire center here in our town. They were like, please go to Taco Bell as much as you can. Give me all the stubs, like, et cetera. Well, they did. And he won that actually, That's and crazy. he still has it in his garage. And it's literally a life-size freaking hot and carbonite on his wall, and it's like the most incredible thing. Um, and then his mom made him like a life-size Chewbacca to go with it. But uh, That's insane. But yeah, like had to, had to tell that story because it's just such mm-hmm. a great um, great thing. I love this Luke costume. Oh yeah, dope. Just the utility of it, oh, the yeah. fact that he has his I'm blaster. I'm surprised you don't got this for cosplay, Chris. It's like the, one of the very few Luke costumes I don't have. You're right. <laughs> yeah. I have the pilot. I have the Return of the Jedi. I have the New Hope. Mm. I actually have yeah. the Luke, um, the Luke thing. So it's it's like Luke and Boba Fett. Like it's like a it's like a 16 inch, 17 inch high Boba Fett, big Boba Fett figure, and it's electronic. And you have the Luke. The, you have Luke's gun, and it's like a laser tag thing, so like you can point it at the Boba Fett and shoot it, what? and then it'll sh- it'll 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 shoot back. It'll go like boom boom, and like you have to move the blaster around, like you know it's an actual blaster. Like you, I could be holding it right here, and you can move it around, and you have to like dodge the blast because you know. And if you don't, the um, it, your the blaster will like vibrate and basically say like you got killed. Like it'll it'll vibrate, like it'll go and like you know you're oh. you're dead. <laughs> and it's it's a uh, it was a toy from like the late nineties. Um, that they had back then, you know, when Star Wars was relaunching. Right. Uh, I love the layout of of Cloud City and, and just the whole progression of Luke going from, like, area to area to area. It's like a video game. It's like you go through these yep. different levels. And it's just... I always, like, wanted to see, like, a map of, of Cloud City to see, like, where he goes from, from place to place. Because this duel goes, like, three or four different places, you know? The force is with you, young Skywalker. I had the poster of them up there with the the cross lightsabers at one point. Mm. And I was also interested about the background, like the maquettes. Like, hey, what would happen if you walked all the way down that bridge? Like, what's what's down there? I was always so curious about everything about Cloud City. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know in Battlefront you die if you fall off that, so. (laughs) Just how sheer, like, well, how powerful Vader is. See, Milton, we're thinking the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Luke Luke has no chance. I mean, like it's he's using one look, hand Luke, again. Yeah, and that's what I love. That's what I've been liking about Obi Wan too. I went back and rewatched that fight. He's just one handed fights. Even in the Clone Wars, all one handed fights. You know, Vader, which is tight. But mm-hmm. Vader, really, I think it's honest to God. This is my opinion on this. I think he's trying to test Luke's strength and like his ability to use the Force throughout this whole fight. I don't think he wants to kill him. I think he's just like, look, I want to see how strong he is. Can I use this kid, my son, to take on Palpatine in the future if I train him up? And I think he that's what he's doing the whole time. He's pushing him. Oh, for well, sure. Because, like, let's be real. Like, if Vader, if Vader wanted to kill Luke, he'd be dead. Yeah, it's over. Like, I mean, I don't think he survives. Mm. Holy crap. I just seen that one of the Bespin Wingards has a Westar blaster which is the same kind of blaster that Jenga Fett uses oh really I did not even notice that wow. yeah <laughs> That's oh crazy... man I'm, I'm getting so many tidbits on this view I guess it's crazy well hey there you go Chris you're getting uh, uh, new hidden easter eggs found in Empire and Strikes the funniest video. part was I think it was Jeremy Bullock that had the blaster who also plays Boba Fett which would be the son of Jango Fett so there's like yeah. so many connections with that <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so this shot right here, they that's opened new. it up. Yep, yeah, that's, that's new. They, they, they just took that wall out and just put the uh, city back there, which is dope. Turn around, Wooly. That's new. Yep, that's Sicily new. One. That's cool. Yep. So good. Yeah, it just, it just makes the world less... You know, uh, claustrophobic. I love that. This is a little level in Lego Star Wars. You have to, like, try to kill Slave on. Mm. Well, that, well, again, just, like, the the lighting, the lighting of all of this, like, um, the cinematography on this movie is just so dang good. Mm. Yeah, Vader just, like, I'm just about to wreck you, boy. I love this lightsaber duel. This is one of my favorite ones. Things like what in my top three for sure, um, and I like this duel. It, it just makes sense how the fighting style is done. Oh, for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not again. It's not like like you said. He's just testing Luke more than anything. He's not. He's not treating him like he's an actual opponent. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Like I think, Anakin I think, I think, has full confidence ahead. in this. Like he's not going to get injured whatsoever. Right. I think I think as the fight goes on, as Luke gets more, I wouldn't say confident, but just more like in possession of his power. That debater's like, okay, I have to just end this and be done with it. Like I don't want to like give him an opportunity. Oh yeah. I always like that like little bam he gives them. Yep. Yep. Love this, all the smoke and stuff. I, lo- I just love how this is shot. You guys are right. The cinematography is so good in this. The the music, the the color palette works. You know. Well, well, that and the thing is too, like when Vader, when Vader took that swing, or uh, when he takes the the um, one of his swings there, you know that arguably would have been a killing blow if Luke didn't use the force to pull the lightsaber. Right. Like. So it makes you. It makes. It makes you wonder, like, in that point in the fight, was he thinking, well, this kid's not, not anything, so I'm just going to go for the killing the killing strike here. 
Mm. Yeah. So here you go, Chris. He's leveling up to the next level. Yeah, see, I, I was like, oh, like, what's down that hallway? Like, there's there's cool lights in that hallway back there. Like, that that was, that, to, to be, like, super quick on that, so that hallway right there, that was a, uh, a concept art picture. If you guys hadn't seen it before, um, before Force Awakens, JJ thought about putting an alternate angle for this hallway, and they, I had, remember that. they, had, yeah. they had someone recast yeah. it as Young Lou. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that, because she, she, she was going to watch the fight from behind or whatever it was. Yep. Love this. Now here's where Vader shows him the true test of his force mm -hmm. ability. Just like, yeah, I'm throwing things at you while I'm fighting. Yeah, Vader definitely goes goes a little unfair fighting. You're chucking big, heavy boxes and crap. And it's like, come on, man. <laughs> like you said, though, it's the full power of the force. Right. Love this. Oh, such a good scene. Looks like oh, okay. He's like, oh, it's like I'm. And then, I love. Gosh. I'm thinking Vader's right thinking. Oh, he survived. He's like, okay, this kid's got some potential. Yep. Now this is where I think after we the I think the, the part two of this or part three of this fight, Vader's breathing heavy. He's like, okay, let me kill this kid or let's just mm -hmm. end him done. Yeah. Oh, especially, I mean, we'll get to it when they get fighting. Um, well, and, and it's nice, too, with this movie, the juxtaposition. Like, you having that going on in the background, you're thinking, oh, man, what's going on there? And then you're having all this stuff going on with our other crew, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and it's still drama going on with them as well. It's not like them just sitting around hanging out. No, yeah, they're, they're trying to get out of here and, you know, get away. I think they just yep. showed the same exact shot from the celebration of Return of the Jedi of, of Cloud City when he was just radioing to tell everybody to get the hell out. There goes Wilro Hood, the running of Wilro Hood with, yep. the, with the ice cream maker. Yep, and Mando. Phenomenon um, at Star Wars Celebration. There's like hundreds of them that run out around. I did not see it this time around. That's great. We're not interested in Millennium Falcon's hyperdrive. I just love 3 feels like, come on. He's like, stop playing around. I mean, we would be yeah. like that too. I'm like three. I'm like R two. Well, I don't care about that. Open the damn door. They're not gonna get far though if they don't have the hyperdrive. I mean, right, right, right. Screwed. Exactly. It's like you run right. into your car and lock in the door. Well, I'm safe. Yeah. Man, the running through the smoke, all that—it's just so good. Stormtroopers are trash. <laughs> yeah, this move, like I said, this last <clears throat> third is so intense. Like, there's not really a, mm. a dull moment where you're just like, oh, that's not necessary. I, it just works. Yeah, there's, there's literally nothing. Like, there's nothing that's not engaging this entire, the rest of the movie. Right. Yeah, this is where Vader's like, okay, I'm going to start just trying to put the hurt the hurt mm -hmm. on you real quick. 
See, Vader yeah. is so good at being sneaky, right? Like, we see him a couple times in Rogue One and, and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi where he could just hold his breath and just freaking just pounce out of nowhere. Like, somebody that's that big and imposing to be able to sneak up on you so many times is crazy. Yeah, but he's at, yeah, right? And he's trying, too. Like, he's actually trying here, Chris, and I love that. He's sneaky as hell, but he's trying now to swing at him. I love Luke gets the shot in here. Mm-hmm. As soon as he gets the shot, Vader's like, oh, no, it's on. Yeah. And Vader's quicker than what we thought, too. Yeah, he actually got that shot on his shoulder. Like, damn. Mm -hmm. Yep. Here we go. Yeah. Yep. I mean, just think about it. I smile when Luke's getting his hand chopped off. (laughs) It's just such a great scene. Like, this is such a great sequence. Like, Vader has been hunting full-fledged giant masters over the last 20 years. Like, look to him. It's just like, all right, I'm tired of playing with you, fool. I'm, I'm going to kill you now. He's a, he's a training yeah. droid. Yeah, basically. Arguably, arguably the biggest moment in movie history. He told me enough. So good. Guys, I'm telling you, this was like so epic to see in theaters two years ago. Like, yeah, smokes, was it? Mm. Oh, yeah. I've seen it as well um, when they had the pandemic uh, still at the height. Yep. It's like, all right, let's. Uh, that gives me a reason to go out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually had to go to another state to see this. I had to go to PA. <laughs> Yeah. Where'd you see it? You see it in Philadelphia? Uh, Nishemini Mall. It's like a little bit, little bit more uh, north. Yeah. Nice. So Luke was like, "Up, oh, I'm gonna kill myself." Yeah. I mean, that's definitely what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard people try to tell me no. The 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 uh, he used the force. I'm like, nah. I think he legit was trying to kill himself. He got oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, and the and the force maybe would have maybe did intervene. I don't know, but um, but I know in the original cut of this movie, like he screams when he's falling and he take that. Oh out. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, guys, I 100% remember in the original version, he's screaming, he's yelling yeah. when he's falling. I mean, I would be too. God, I always wanted to see this there, like, like go on a ride like this, like going on a ride, like have that at Disney World, like just going through slides of Cloud City, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd be scared out of my mind at this point. You have no hand. You know, you you don't know how long that fall is. Like it, it yeah. I mean, it's like an infinite fall because it's a. Yeah, it's like a gas planet, right? A gas planet, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, this is so good. I guess the only part you can say that's not good about this scene, not this particular scene, but at the end, as it wraps up, like the whole Vader's like, uh, prepare my star destroyer yeah. or something. Like, that's probably the only thing, but I'm thinking, whatever. Like, he's just, it, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Prepare my sword strike. What? Because what's he saying that, like, in reference to? He's, like, preparing my Star Destroyer for my arrival. So, like, when he shows up on the Star Destroyer later. Yeah. Hey, I mean, you're big stuff. Gotta gotta walk in with the the, uh, place popping. Right. Oh, I think I just seen the lucky dice that we see a lot in Solo Star Wars story. It was in there. Now, I think so. I could be, behind Chewie's head. I could be yeah. mistaken. I'm pretty sure wasn't the Imperial March in Universe Music as well in Solo. I think it was in like yeah, um, it was in Rebels. The back. Yeah, I was gonna say it's actually in Universe. So like, just imagine if Vader like him going to his Star Destroyer. Like that music's actually blaring over the speakers. Like hmm. when he walks in. That'd be funny. I like how much, like, in control Leia was in that moment, where she's like, Leia, get the hatch, and like, should we do that? Like, she was just, like, very much in, like, I'm in command now. Mm. It's such a dope scene. And then this is an original scene, too. Like, how they shoot this? I love it. Nineteen something. Going up the hatch. This is cool. Oh yeah, just the way it looks. Mm. Yeah, that like just different things like that. Just like the mechanics of like how they would shoot that was that like on a stage and like they had 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 him get lifted up and down. Like you know, like mm. just the just the ins and outs. Of, like the filmmaking of it would be so interesting. Luke got his ass whooped. Yeah, this, this is a a, this scene. is a new shot. But I think this might have been used for Return of the Jedi. It was maybe intended to be used for it. Oh. But yeah, it, it looks because yeah, this is where you see because it's kind of like like this looks like the Death Star. Like, You're right. Terms, you know? That is actually very true. Yeah, look, see, like, look how they're all lined up. And there was no dialogue, so it probably pretty much yeah. was, yeah. But it still works. It's just all good. I ain't tripping. Yeah, no, that that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't move the score at all for me. Yeah. <laughs> Ready for light speed? <laughs> I thought this is this is the greatest running joke in movies. Just like how this hyperdrive is so trash, and like no one's gonna fix anything, right? <laughs> See, and this is the type of Star Wars humor. Like this, this is how you incorporate humor into Star Wars. Oh humor. yeah, I mean, just like things like yeah. that versus forced jokes, right? And where's the thing though? Like we would be like this in real life. We're like, what the hell? Like, why? No one can fix this. <laughs> yeah. Did you get me deactivate the hyperdrive on the Millennium Falcon? I love that. I love how he planned that far ahead, knowing they probably would escape at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Like even after Luke has just completely just denied him. That he still wants to stun him. Like, I'm surprised he just doesn't want to outright destroy him at this point. I mean, he's got one of the leaders of the Rebellion there. And a Force-sensitive person. He could easily just 
how destroyer just blow him out of the sky? Like, what use is he at this point? You know, or are they at this point right. to him? He's still conflicted, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the whole conflicted thing because he he literally says son. Nah, Ben did tell you, bro. Hmm. Vader is, Luke co- is Luke communicating with Darth Vader at that moment? Like, can Vader can can Vader yeah. hear him? Yeah, I think, I think they're. I think they're. Well. Yeah, like they're. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, they talk. He says yeah. father, right? Yeah, Luke yeah. says. Luke says father. Yeah. yeah. I th- I think he, they're they're connected. Kind of. I guess this is the the seeds of the whole like, force skyping that we saw in the last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. See, hey, force skyping was done a lot better in this movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll be. Yeah, I'll um, be nice to say it. Yeah. <laughs> um. What are you doing? (laughs) Delusions of grandeur. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Now, what's nice about this scene is that he allows Admiral Piet to live. Yeah. And that's it. And I should tell you something, because he's thinking, well, in my head, it's like, well, he just fought his son. Something's awakening in Anakin slightly. He's like, I'm not worrying about these guys anymore. I'm just going to focus on Luke. Like, I, it's crazy I just let him live, which is amazing. And this is a nice scene, too, like how these ships are sitting there. Like, this is great. Oh, wow. A lot of these ships I've never recognized before. Dude, oh, so yeah. just. I feel like they added well, some it, or something. And Milton, you know for sure though that Piet stuff. Like, you know Piet's sitting there saying like the Lord's Prayer. He knows he's done. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's so like, well, well yep. Uh, <laughs> last meal, what I want to eat: chicken yep. wings, and they kill me. I just found it funny. Atlanta just like stole Han's clothes. Yeah, he don't care. See, he he's he knows he knows what lays into. I still have an I have an old action figure of Lando and Han's clothes actually like from those 90s figures that got released. Yeah. This seems awesome though him getting his hand cuz I'm thinking oh my god like they even make this is it real? Yeah. Like <laughs> But how Sith dope flesh. is that though? I'm thinking like I'm like oh that's tight. I was like oh that's amazing. I was like honestly when I was a kid I used to always like think like Someone can cut my hand off, and I just want to get a robotic hand like that. I'm like, I would want to replace my hand with something like that. Uh, just how stupid and immature I was about this stuff. This is such I a mean, great I ending. Eat. The future. Yeah. Such a great scene. And this is where the shadows of the Empire begins. The hunt yeah, for Han Solo. All the stuff they went through, they still have hope. Like It's like... Okay, like you lost Han, you got your hand cut off, you know, you, you find out he's your father. You know, Luke found out that Hitler's his dad, pretty much, and it's like, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Such a great shot. 
I couldn't even imagine in 1980 being a fan watching these movies and be like, wait, we got to wait another three years? Yeah. What? Well, think, you know, uh, we, us as Star Wars fans, I've said it several times, we were so spoiled because, like, now, like, you know, back then, there was no sh- show coming out next week or book coming out next week. It was, mm-hmm. you're waiting three years. Like, you're, mm-hmm. you're done. Like, so go ahead and theorize, but you got another three years to wait. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, that movie, like, it's a wrap. It's, it's a classic by far. Like I said, it's top 10 movie of all time. To me, it is like the quintessential Star Wars movie, uh, Star Wars property, anything Star Wars. Like I said, top 10 movie easily. Um, there's no parts of it for me that are bad whatsoever. Like, I feel like it's. You know, they're, they're, like, little, little like, funny moments more than anything. Like, the Vader shuttle, prepare my ship thing. Like, you know, whatever. Like, that's just, those are just little, little tidbits. Like, like me and Chris mentioned, even, uh, maybe the Emperor change. Like, you know, we mm. could, we could, we could go back to the Clive version. But I also uh, appreciate the, what Lucas was doing. Because when Lucas did these, did uh, his touch-ups for this movie, he was thinking in the mindset of Revenge of the Sith, Palpatine. So you know that's that's why. So I uh, I totally get that. Yeah, it makes but, sense. Uh, but yeah, for me, like this movie is easily like if I could give it an eleven out of ten, I would. But it's easily a ten out of ten, perfect movie. Yeah, I don't even got it. Yeah, I don't even got to even say nothing else. Yeah, I'm. Uh... Very, very happy with that movie, and, and it was just as great as I thought it would be watching it again, um, yeah. especially with some Star Wars aficionados. It's always a, a lot of fun just <laughs> listening to you guys banter sometimes while just taking the glory that is The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me, me, and Mel, me and Milton just go on to our Ben and Milton director commentary. <laughs> I, hey, listen, in no lifetime I was making movies, so oh, let's yeah. go. In yeah, a parallel I, universe. I do not see any casting director yet as I watch through every single one of these credits. It's got to be. It's, it had to have been Lucas. I mean, Lucas, you got to think about Lucas discovered Harrison. I mean, he called Harrison from American Graffiti and he worked with them. So. Wait, casting, casting, Irene Lamb, Terry Leibling, and Bob Edmonston. Right. There you Interesting. go. Interesting. Yeah. Well, what was nice about this film, too, and I forgot to mention this earlier, like the, the writing of this movie. Originally, the the screenplay was done by Lee Brackett and uh, Lawrence Kasdan, and oh, then yeah. she wound up dying, I think, or she she wound up dying like midway through writing the film. And I know mm. they, they, they had a couple, they had a hard time putting this together because they weren't satisfied with her work. So George decided to like come in and rewrite the film, yeah, and still and still credit her as the lead writer. Wow, yeah, you George. Know? Like I mentioned earlier, George was, um, you know, it's in that um, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe book. Like, he was basically heavily hands-on with the movie, but it's just not, like, listed in the credits. Like, just like even, um, you know, a lot of people talk about, like, Clone Wars being, you know, they, they like, a lot of people act like Clone Wars was Dave Filoni and Lucas wasn't involved. Lucas was heavily hands-on involved with Clone Wars. It's just at the time... He was mainly he was more in the business side, but he was there with all the creative stuff. Like that was just mm-hmm. like with this movie, you know he he was heavily hands on. It's just he wasn't directing it. Oh yeah, but, I mean it's just it's a classic. Like 
Like, and it's and it's just so impressive to me that coming off of A New Hope, but actually Star Wars at the time, since it was just called Star Wars, coming off of Star Wars at the time, and that movie being such a pop culture phenomenon, to cap it off with another pop culture phenomenon in Empire Strikes Back, like, think about how wild that is, like, don't get me wrong, we, I love living in, like, the 2020s and all this stuff, now being younger, but man, if we could just get, like, a flashback to, like, experience the late 70s and 80s with movies, it'd be incredible, like, because you have these movies, you have, like, The Godfather, Indiana Jones, all these big Jaws, pop culture phenoms coming out, and it's, like, holy smokes, like, back to back to back, and it's crazy to think about, like, Think about all the stuff Lucas was involved in. You know, the Star Wars trilogy, the uh, the the uh, Indiana Jones trilogy. Like Lucas, like he was like rocking it at this time and doing the business side of things for Star Wars. Like that's that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yep. I uh, I don't often like watch through the credits like very directly, like reading every name. But I just yep. pretty much did right now, and it's. Yeah, those people, man. They they just blew the doors off of Hollywood, man. Oh man. Yeah. Gosh, like I don't know. It just it's something about Empire, like of course, like we said, it's it's like, you know, it's a perfect movie, all this stuff. It's just um you know, it's just it's it's just that. Like, you know, when you talk about it with people, you know, people may have their favorite Star Wars movies like that's something you see too people will be like oh well i like i like this this star wars movie is my favorite like revenge of the sith is or return of the jedi is but i can still say empire strikes back is the best like star wars movie at like quality wise mm-hmm. yeah so there you have it i hope you guys all enjoyed our commentary for the empire strikes back uh we got return of the jedi coming up Hopefully soon. I feel like once Andor starts, it's going to be like no break between anything with Bad Batch. So not making any promises here, but we'll, we'll see if we could try to get it in between August 31st. And now we'll see. We're not making any promises. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was that was fun. That was really, really fun. And we're getting closer and closer. We have four movies left. So um, let us know in the comment section down below. Let us know after the fact how you're enjoying our our commentaries because we sure as heck enjoy doing them. So, um, and hopefully you guys can uh, feel at home with us talking over them as you listen or watch along. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Where, where can everybody follow and what are you doing this week, Millen? I know you're going to be away for a couple weeks here coming up. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, this weekend I'm just uh, hanging out with some friends, um, getting some stuff done around my place, starting to slowly prepare to start, preparing for my trip coming up um but yeah so the next two fridays i won't be on the podcast because on the 22nd i'm going to be getting everything together and preparing to leave that upcoming weekend to go on vacation to florida um and then obviously on the 29th which is that following friday i'll be flying back home and that happens to be my birthday also so i'll be flying home and celebrating my birthday up here probably with some family and hopefully my sister has her kid on my birthday as well, either that day or the next day. So we'll see what happens. But so these next two weekends, I'll be pretty busy doing family stuff, personal vacation stuff. So um, so I'm looking forward to it. So I'll be back on the podcast, what, August 5th. 
So you'll have you guys will have me without two weeks, but I know you have some guests lined up to fill in. So I'm looking forward to because I'll probably be listening to the podcast probably on the flight yeah. coming back. Um, you know, probably that following week. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to you guys the next couple couple weeks getting your stuff in. It's gonna be awesome. You can find me uh, on Twitter at Milton Weber Seven or on Instagram at Milton Seven Weber. There we go. Yeah, we look forward to seeing seeing uh, your adventures and hearing about them in a couple of weeks' time. Um, ben, what about you? Uh, yeah, I don't have anything that exciting going on. Nothing, no big vacations, nothing like that for me. Uh, mainly just uh, you know working on my fitness, continuing to diet slowly. Lost another pound this week. Just just kind of chipping away at it. You know, we still got a still ways away. Another another thirty five pounds to go, but we're getting there. So. Uh, that's about all I'm up to that. And then I'm, uh, I think I'm going to start rewatching arrow here soon. So I'm probably going to probably going to start that sometime next week, I would say, or maybe over this weekend, just start, start into season one, because, you know, like we mentioned before arrow season one, two and three are just like incredible. Um, so I'm probably gonna be doing that and, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy really, but you can just find me on Instagram. I post all my workouts there at real Ben Maynard and, you know, if you uh, want to talk Star Wars with me, follow me on Twitter as well, at Real Ben Maynard. Oh, man, you have time to go back and watch old shows. Dude, there's so much out right now that it's like, oh, my gosh. I know. I <laughs> still haven't watched Stranger Things. I'm still working my way through, um, what is it, the... Um, uh, oh, actually, actually, one oh, thing boys, I do have yeah. to throw out there. Yeah, actually, one thing I do have to throw out there. So we talk about, um, you know, we have Andor coming out. That'll be 12 weeks. We have Bad Batch coming out. And, you know, you mentioned we only have four movies left, but I think one movie that we have to squeeze in, you know, after Andor is done, since it'll be the holiday season, we got to do a, a commentary of the holiday special, guys. Come uh, on I'm not promising no anything way. on that one. <laughs> there we go. The holiday special. Milton, bring your eggnog and let's let's get it nope. on. <laughs> I, I ain't talking the whole time. Y'all can do that by yourselves. So I'll just get, sit there the whole time. A, yeah, Ben, you can figure out how you're going to upload that and do all that stuff. I'm not watching it. <laughs> nope, nope. I sat through it one time. I'm good. <laughs> 25 minutes straight of Wookiee talk. <laughs> uh, oh no gosh. subtitles. Good times. <laughs> oh man yeah guys hope, hope as for me you can just see uh what i'm going to be doing with some star wars miniatures i finished uh, a couple squad of pikes so i still have to take some some pictures of those i'll be starting some black sun fouling syndicate guys shortly that's basically it for me um still still playing my league having a having a blast over there at the the local shop uh it's great you know Having Star Wars conversations, um, all, all you know, all night long with those guys. It's it's always it's always a lot of fun, a lot of a lot nice. of competitiveness, but also a lot of lightheartedness as well. And it's always good to, to show new players how to play and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, uh, as far as me for videos, um, it's summer, so I know I haven't been doing a whole lot just with them because I'm just trying to try to relax a little bit the time I do get to spend. Uh, yeah, so that's. That's basically it here. Uh, I'll be talking about the comics if they come out next week because I think I heard they're being delayed, so that might not even happen. We'll see. Um, comics always in flux. Uh, nothing changes there. Um, that's going to do it. Uh, so for Milton, for Ben, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Sarpter, 
Thanks for watching. Make sure to go ahead and subscribe to the channel and do listen to us on any of your podcast streaming services if you prefer to do that. Um, so that's going to do it for us. That was Outer Rim Transmission number 66. We executed Order 66 on this one. Have a good day, everybody, and transmission.